Hey, what's happening, party people? This is uh, Jason, the host of Talking During Movies. On one of these rare occasions, I get to jump in here a little quickly and uh, chew your ear a little bit. So listen, folks, um, I want to bring something to your attention. You know, I always I celebrate uh, Dive Bar and uh, Colorblind Design. They're great. Uh, Dive Bar, of course, has been a wonderful host to this podcast. And uh, Colorblind is, I mean, they've, you know, their tactical six-pack carrier, of course, I got one custom-made for me, which was beautiful, um, but you can also get them custom-made for yourself. And in that, you know, um, one of the two things that those both have in common is beer. And one of the things that powers this show is, is beer. You know, and we're, uh, we're in a predicament, you know, we're in a, we're in a little bit of a tough spot here. And we talk a little bit about it on the podcast, but I want to, I want to make it clear here, you know, uh, I understand that there's some fatigue in who we're going to save and how we're going to save and what we're going to do, but I'm, I'm asking you to help save the Texas breweries and the breweries in your area, because I'm sure this isn't uh, an indictment just on Texas. But in Texas, we have uh, orders that if your uh, establishment sells more than 51% of its sales are alcohol, it cannot be open right now. And that is crushing the beer industry. I mean, to the point where in less than three months, if there's not a change, uh, one out of three breweries here in Austin, Texas, in the central Texas area are going to go out of business. So what does that mean? It means you got to go, you know, you got to do beer to go. Go check out the brewery. It's great to give them a like. It's great to show some support. But man, if you're debating on the Independence Hellas Lager or Miller Light, no offense to Miller, and I know they employ a lot of people, but they probably have a bigger cash reserve. You get the Independence. You get the Austin Beer Works. Uh, support local where you can. Um, you know, sometimes it's buying it at the local supermarket. Sometimes it's going out to the brewery. I always recommend going out to the brewery first. Get it fresh. Meet the owner. Meet the meet the brewer. I know with COVID it's a little bit difficult, but uh, these are important times, folks. You know, uh, to learn more about what's going on here in Texas, check out TX Craft Brewers on Instagram. That's TX Craft Brewers. You can also, for your state, just search Craft Brewers Alliances and find out what's going on and how you can be supportive. Um, Beer is not the most important thing in the world, but it's uh, it brings a lot of people together can do a lot of good stuff, tastes great, especially on a hot summer day. It employs a lot of people, uh, the, uh, the supply chain of, of what beer does and, and how it reaches from, from farmlands to pavement is, is pretty impressive. So with all that said, folks, go to your local bar, buy a local beer, um, even if that's just, if that bar is just doing to-go or delivery. Of course, carry it in your colorblind design, tactical six-pack carrier, and, uh, Go check out your local breweries. Make it a weekend trip. Just once a month, man. You don't have to do it every day, but maybe once, twice a month. Go check a local brewery out, try their beer, and give some support. With all that said, here is the podcast with Scott as we talk over Caddyshack. It was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it as, as much as I did. Thank you very much. Talk it, 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 talk it
Scott Henderson, the most handsome dad, according to Circle C Weekly. <laughs> Sir, welcome to Talking During Movies, the podcast, where we play a movie we know very well, silently in the background, and we chit-chat away and let key moments and quotes from the film to uh, drive our, our conversation, because in all the times we've hung out, we've uh, run out of so many things to say that it... Uh... Mm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. What are you drinking there, bud? Tito's. Tito's. I've got a uh, a tasty. Um, hold, on, hold on, let me. I can guess. That's a that's an Austin Beer Works, I believe. Yes, yep. it is. The Cold Glory American Lager. That's a good beer. It's a really good beer, and you know, they've been hit and miss sometimes in some of their new stuff. Personally, mm -hmm. no, I think award winning wise, they've been hitting it. <laughs> and don't let my yeah. taste buds, def you know. Yeah. But I uh, think the over the um, just with all the COVID stuff going on, um, I've tried to. I mean, yeah, I, I typically will get beer at HEB, but when I've got, you know, like a spare hour, you know, drive out to, to, uh, to High Sign or, or Austin Beer Works or Jester King or whatever, hops, you know, hops and grain a little bit, Zilk or whatever. Yeah. Just to kind of go local, if you will. And I've asked around a little bit and, and they, you know, all the you know, breweries appreciate the, um, you know, buying local, but I think it helps out a little bit if you pay there, because there you can tip, and that goes to the people that are actually working in the tasting room, stuff like that. Well, at least I like to think so. So, um, although I enjoy the convenience of an HEB, um, I think it makes a difference to take that one step further. I, I couldn't agree more. I try to balance both. I'm a big fan of Austin Beer Works, obviously big fan of Independence and Stash IPA, and my yep. new friends out at 12 Fox and some others. But I wanted to read this to you because you brought this up, right? So Texas Craft Brewers Association put out the economic and public health crisis brought by COVID-19 and Governor Abbott's June 26 shutdown of 51% establishments means over 50% of what they tally are, is alcohol, not food. They've yeah. been shut down. And the impact that's having on the Texas Craft Brewers Guild is that one in three Texas breweries will close in less than three months if a change isn't made. Wow. One in three. Huh. And you think about, like, I think about all the support breweries have given, not just this podcast, but me personally, uh, you know, for what, five years now in a row, we've done that cookout where we give all the money and proceeds, everything just goes yeah. to the food bank. Yep. Well, we do that because local Texas beer breweries <laughs> give us their beer. They're like here and they'll give us a keg. They'll give us 20 cases, wow. you know? Uh, and we, so people at the last night are leaving. It's like, here, take a six pack to go if we didn't drink it all. Or if we drank it all, it's like, hey, where can I go get that? Yeah. And, you know, it's, I, I, it's also it's something fun to go to where it's made. It's so fresh. It's fresh off the line. It's right there. Nine out of 10 times, trust me, one of the owners is there working. Yeah. Um, you know, or one of the master brewers is. Uh, I was down at... Um, uh, Howling Brothers. Is it Howling Brothers? Uh, no, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, their brewery down there. Yeah. And uh, went down there, got some of theirs, got their t-shirt that says on the front, save Austin on the back, it says drink beer. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's fantastic. You know, and I, and I just, I've been trying to do that as well. Like, when can I swing by a brewery, grab a couple six packs, grab a four pack of tall boys? Oh, you guys got yeah. a new t-shirt? I'm in. 
Yeah, totally. I'm in. Yeah, totally. Know. Have you been to St. Elmo's? I have. I like St. Elmo's. I like it a lot. It's a beautiful spot for what, <laughs> what, they've, what they've done out there. It really is. That whole um, area over, I guess, I guess it's St. Elmo Boulevard. Um, it, uh, that's really taken off. It's very eclectic, very artsy. You know, there's the, um, there's the distillery there yep. that I walked into on accident. And that's really good. Um, and then St. Elmo, but that whole kind of corridor is, uh, I don't, it doesn't get a whole lot of publicity, but I think they're, they're doing some pretty cool things there. Yeah, they are. They're, you know, um, St. Elmo has done, man, that maybe the best Kolsch in, uh, in Austin. Really? You think so? I think so. It's, you know, that, it's, it's a great beer. They do a hell of a job. All those guys do though. I mean, I think, you know, I, I think that's the one thing that we're really blessed with here is that we have such a great, beautiful variety of beer. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to find your flavor. And then you know, the hard seltzers are coming out that are, that are local yeah. here, which are very cool. I'm not a big sour beer guy, but it's summertime. And I'll tell you what, the kids love them. <laughs> Blue, I'm a big fan of Blue Owl. Um, yeah. Uh, an old buddy of mine turned me on to them and it's like sours. Um, but, you know, I found when, you know, we're, see we're having people over just in the pool or whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll blow through a six pack before I know it. And it's, um, you know, it's, it has that kind of a tang sour, don't, don't taste. And so for me, that's, a, it's a little bit more refreshing than just a crappy Miller Lite. Oh yeah. That's just, you know, vitamin water. Um, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I mean, we, um, I've been to, to Blue Owl probably as much as the others. And uh, we did a thing for Alicia's birthday um, last year. And it was like um, something called like plant night or something like that. And so you go in there and the place is jammed, not like in the tasting room, but in the back where all the, um, oh, yeah. all, all the beers made. And they had a local um, nursery there that was showing, hey, this is how to take care of house plants. What? Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> That's awesome. Just had to show up, and it was. We got there a little bit late, but it was like standing room only, um, and yeah, just just something new to bring people out, and and you, know, you could buy plants there or whatever. But and I'm I've become a little bit of a uh, what's the word like plantologist, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so I'm trying to learn a little more about how to you know how to not kill something after I stick it in the ground for a while. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, just stuff like that. And, and um, have you been to Allstat out in Fredericksburg? I haven't been out there yet. No, that's a, that's a stop I need to make. There's a couple uh, that I need to make a little drive to get out to see. That's one of them. Um, Texas Beer Company is another one. Uh, okay. I think they're out Pflugerville, I want to say. Okay. So they're um, a, a little farther out. Uh, I went up to Whitestone, I think about a year ago. Cedar Park. Cedar Park. Okay. Yeah. Good beer. Uh, nice guy who runs it. He was, yeah, we did, uh, what did we, we talked over Smokey and the Bandit. He actually let me up in the brewery before it opened. And dude, I've got oh, the master okay. brewer just bringing us beers. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. And then he was like, I'm leaving. And he goes, you got to leave with beer. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> yes, please, sir. Yes, oh, please. Cool, man. What's it called? Whitestone? Whitestone in Cedar Park. Uh, they've got a great food truck outside as well. Really good food truck. Speaking of food trucks. Yeah. This is not a, well, it's not, a, it's kind of a food truck segue. Um, 
You'll know it. It's a, um, and I hope they're still open. Um, down Manchac. Um, so if you're going east on Slaughter, make a right on Manchac, like you're going to Valentina's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the right hand side, there is um, um, past Moon Tower. Um, on the right hand side, there is, an, it's like, I think what they want to call like South Austin Brewing Company, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still there. Yep. They are? Yeah, they're doing Okay. They're, they're, I mean, they're open air. So they're, they're kind of in that weird area, right? Because yeah. yeah. open picnic tables, but I don't think they serve food. They had food trucks. They had food trucks. So, and that's the problem 12 Fox is having, right? Is 12 Fox has food trucks out there. So they've got it. They figure out like a roped off area that the food truck rents. So you can have mm -hmm. beer there because you can't have beer on premise because of the 51% rule. Okay. Um, but I've, I've been there a couple of times. Actually, um, I met the owner. He gave me a hat. Uh, we were going to do a couple podcasts there, but COVID kicked off and. Oh man. You know, it's, but it's a cool spot, man. It's really, I really like that spot. It, I, I agree. I mean, I, um, Kern and I went there after going to Valentina's and um, saw it on the way down. I was like, whoa, what is that? And so we stopped <laughs> in on the way back for, I guess, a beer or two and, and, you know, talked them up a little bit and they got their little, you know, kind of their story on the, on the signs on the table saying, hey, we're a whole bunch of folks that have been in the food industry for a long time and we kind of put all of our money together to open up this spot. I said, wow, this is really cool. They had, I mean, you'll, you'll probably know that 40, maybe 50 beers on tap. Yeah, 40, 50 beers on tap, about 20 big screen TVs, yes. huge fans. Yep. I mean, this is a place where if you wanted to watch football. Totally. I mean, it's like college, you know, I mean, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, Thursday night. I mean, anything. It's, and it's, it's close enough to the main road, but far enough away that you don't hear it, if that makes yeah. sense. Right? Yeah. Like, totally you're not agree. driving down some weird dirt road. You're like, just drop off and boom, you're there. So, hey, before we get down to too many rabbit holes, yep. you picked a movie. You picked yeah. Caddyshack. Caddyshack. What, what is special to you about Caddyshack? Oh gosh. Well, um, <laughs> got a beginning, middle, and an end. Um, so I think with Caddyshack, I'm a, I have it playing here on my phone. I'm going to pause it. Um, pause it. Yeah, pause it and let me know where you're at. And we'll um, we'll sync up here. So I'm at the the six six minute mark. Six minute mark. Perfect. All right. Mm -hmm. And um, so with Caddyshack, um, you got so for the immature twelve year old, if you will. You've got the sarcasm of Chevy Chase in his mm -hmm. prime. Um, you've got, you know, Danny the golfer or whatever, and you've got the asshole. Um, what was his name? The Italian guy. Um, I'll see him. I'll remember it. Um, you've got the hot chick coming down from Manhattan. Yep. Um, that you know, all the guys want, whatever. You've got the, you know, the, the, the scene when all the caddies are swimming in the pool and they're doing ballet and, 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 <laughs> um, and then, the hot chick comes by and they all suck in their guts and, and you got some random, you know, um, you know, topless shots here and there. Um, you've got Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, who could Rodney. be better? I mean, yeah. And then do you know, do you know his comedy story? I don't. All right. So hold on. Hit play on your phone. I'm going to hit play on mine. We're at six minutes, the Bushwood country club. So yep. Rodney Dangerfield started, he was going to be a comic, right? Okay. He starts out, and if you see me getting up and moving around, I'm just grabbing myself an extra beer. Um, okay. Go with, uh, I'm going to go with the stash after talking about those sweet kids at Independence. So um, he starts off, and he fails miserably. And he quits. 
And for 20 years, he starts selling aluminum siding. No way. Houses. Yeah. <laughs> he sold siding for houses. And then I want to say his wife was like, you are miserable. You should try comedy again. So he goes out and tries comedy, but now he's got all this life experience. And I don't get no respect. No respect. Okay. And Carson loves him. And some other comics love him. And they're just like, this guy came back fighting. He came back with better jokes. He came back with better insights. He just came back smarter. And so, bada boom, bada bing, he takes off. But he, came, he, he, never, he never forgot his dream. That's right? awesome. I mean, I didn't know that. Yeah, he got a little sidetracked, but and then he was famously he would uh, he would in his end times he would go out on stage in just a bathrobe, no underwear underneath, just nuts down to his knees. <laughs> <laughs> now you played baseball, uh, went to uh, a, a very very good uh, school for not only academics but ba- baseball as well. Yeah, I bring up the question: um, Is there a caddy-like program, if you will? Uh, in baseball that is like what we see with Caddyshack. Like you see the kid, he wants to be a golfer. I mean, Chevy Chase is kind of helping him out, but he's at the Bushwood Country Club doing his thing. Yeah. Is there a... Becomes is a there a, yeah, I mean, outside of being a ball boy, like is there a thing, uh, a program like that? Uh, to kind of like learn the ropes type of thing. And, yeah. And, um, All the nuances. I, I mean, Little League, but, you know. That's a great question uh, that I can think of. It's nothing formal, but I, so I can, I can give you an experience of mine. Um, so when I was, it's about 14, I just started to get, you know, quote unquote good at baseball. And I got to know kind of our, um, so our, our pitching coach, he had a couple of friends, he's kind of an older guy, but he had a couple of friends that played in kind of a semi-pro league. Okay. Um, at our high school, like on Sundays. And um, I would go down there and just kind of hang out in the dugout. And um, and just, you know, I get picked on a lot because I was, you know, the, the, the scrawny, gawky looking kid, whatever. And these all these guys are probably, you know, 30s and early 40s, whatever. And, and so I just, you know, just, they're just talking shit to me the whole time. But I'm just soaking <laughs> it up because I'm loving it. Yeah. And, um, and so there, you know, had I been more mature, I would have learned more. Um, but just kind of being in that kind of clubhouse environment, which I'd never been in before. I don't think anybody my age ever had been. Uh, by the way, he says, how are you going to kill all the golf golfers? No, oh, the golfers, not the golfers. The golfers. <laughs> this, that was the impotence. Oh, man. I believe that's the evidence for the uh, for the Scottish man and so I married an axe murder. No, no fact to that. No inside information on that. But you hear him talk, and then you hear Mike Myers do. His, he craves for the chicken fortnightly with his wee beady eyes. Head so, dance, okay. no. One of my uh, one of my parents' best friends, uh, their daughter. Um, can I say her name? Mm-hmm. I think she's still in the business. Uh, Pammy Rose. She was like um, like an assistant to the director on that movie. Really. Yeah, one of my and, favorite movies. And like she said, Michael Myers was just like out on Jupiter. And at one point, they're like going over the script, and he just whoops out his dick and just starts pissing on the ground. No, flat out. And she's like standing right there. Dude. So, for what it's worth. Uh, by the way, that is uh, Brian Doyle Mur- uh, Murray. That's um, Bill Murray's uh, brother. Brother, yes. On the right. 
Yes, it is. He he's is, also, uh, so he's, he's in uh, two of the four uh, vacations. So he's the guy when they, um, when they go camping and vacation, um, where they get the old kind of tents for like 20 bucks tonight, he says, oh, oh yeah, yeah. family fun. And he's also the boss in uh, Christmas vacation. Yes, he is. When they, uh, that's when, the gift that keeps on giving Clark. Yep. <laughs> Do you, and, uh, was Bill Murray the first to really implore, employ his family and friends the way he did like Adam Sandler does today? I mean, it seemed like there was that group of friends. They just didn't leave each other behind. And it's like what Sandler's doing with David Spade and everybody else yeah. in their own special um, ways. I still well, see another group like that, I guess. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Okay, well, so Harold Ramis, who's the director of this, was with um, uh, Murray and Stripes. Yep. Um, and Ramis and Murray were both in Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. um, Chevy Chase didn't have that because I, I guess he has the, the reputation of being kind of an asshole. Well, especially when he got off drugs. I mean, if there's a case for someone to stay on drugs, yeah. sorry, folks, but Chevy Chase is kind of, he's like, jeez, dude. He's got off drugs and you're like, I'm in pain and an asshole. No shit. Go see a shaman or fucking get back on drugs. Yeah. So, um, you know, this, so this couple here, the old couple, when they're, they're playing golf, I, I hope that gets to me, me when I'm, you know, octogenarian. Yeah. And, uh, you know, have no idea where I'm hitting the ball and some poor sap has to carry my clubs around because I'm either too old or too drunk to drive a cart. I want to be both in that scenario. <laughs> sir, the hole's the wrong way. No, sir. Yeah. There you go. Turn. Keep going. <laughs> I love his outfit, too. He's just yeah. like, listen, man. Knickers. Knickers. No, so, uh, back, back, so your, your clubhouse story, it's interesting. And, and a, a side comment on it, you know, Kobe Bryant was famous for being that young man that high school, um, he didn't play in high school pickup games, right? He played college pickup games. Mm -hmm. he, um, if it, you know, if he could sneak on and just sit with the pros for a hot minute, he yep. was sneaking on and sit with the pros for a hot minute, right? And if he got a couple shots in with him before someone knew who he was, he was in there and doing it. Did you feel like, I mean, obviously he wasn't born yet and uh, it was, but you look back on it, you're like, man, was that kind of like your, your special moment that 99.9% .9 of, of young men trying to play a game just don't get that glimpse, that, that camaraderie. It's almost like you had a head start in knowing how a clubhouse and how a locker room and how a dugout should operate. Yeah, I, that, that's, a, um, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think it's, I mean, you, you, you know, you're, you're gonna, in that situation, you didn't really have your quote unquote, you know, um, anointed captains. Um, but you, know, you had the guys that had the most experience. And so they, they were kind of the leaders by default. And you get that. And then you had some of the younger guys that had some talent or whatever. Um, and they're kind of hot shots. But at that point, no one was making a career out of it. They're, they're, <laughs> just, they're just out there for fun. Um, I think, but with, with that, you kind of, you learn stuff. I mean, yeah, I never was one to dip or chew anything like that, but you don't grab another man's dip. You just don't do it unless, unless you ask. Um, and, you know, you don't use another one, you know, someone else's back unless you ask. Or, um, you know, if you're not doing anything, then, you know, get the ball to the first baseman when he comes in. 
and just so he has it in his glove when he goes back out to, to start the next game. I mean, it's just, it's little kind of dumb things like that, but sure. But you don't see that in, um, I like his Night Ranger t-shirt. I know. That's awesome. I like, I like the chaos and all of a sudden it's free bubble gum, which is yep. the seventies, right? Early eighties. Yep. It's like, Oh shit. Sorry. Hold on a second. We got something <laughs> free. What does the sign say? No pit of feet. No spitting, no drinking, no gambling. Got a bloody nose. Night so how Riders. did he get a bloody nose when he's the one that jumped on Danny? Because uh, Danny, Danny did throw an elbow back when he first he came up. Yep, he threw a little elbow back. Okay, good for you, Danny. You Doesn't know, Danny's got to get. Danny's got to step up a little bit on himself. Did you um, when you're, when you're in that moment because there's such a long road in baseball right mm -hmm. i mean high school college minors really good minors the best minors okay now you're could go to the mlb minors now you're in that i mean like this track this road is so much different how did you stay excited about baseball being around so many good players that didn't make it um i think it's it's um all right well to let's bring in the uh the yeah, Dahlia thing here um in the the no 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 all that <laughs> i mean yeah you are thinking about your your career and stuff like that but when it's such a, an everyday grind it's and it's what's well, today you know, july 20th and you still have two months left and it's hot as balls whatever and you're in you know clinton iowa um Sexy Clinton, Iowa. Sexy Clinton, Iowa. That is the worst place in America. <laughs> worst. Detroit's <laughs> like, hold on. We, we, we're going to buy this clip from Jason right now. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, okay, quick story about Clinton, Iowa. Yeah, please. Um, no, I was going to ask, so tell us. This is, uh, this, this is going to boost your ratings. <laughs> um, I'm going to so, tag Clinton, Iowa. Don't you worry. So, uh, yeah, probably July 2000 or July 98. Mm -hmm. uh, we get off the bus in Clinton, Iowa at the um, whatever piece of crap hotel we're staying in. And you get off the bus and it's humid as F. Oh. And we are, our hotel was equidistant between a, like a roadkill processing plant okay. and a pet food uh, manufacturing place. And the smells had just kind of come together on top of our, of our hotel. And I got a so fresh stomach. I almost threw up as soon as I got off the bus. Really? So it smelled a lot like, what, how would you describe that potpourri? Hot, um, hot barn death? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's death there. There's also manufacturing. And there's, you know, actually, since it's roadkill, there's probably some, um, some asphalt, some, some um, Goodyear tire in there, too. Oh, God. Uh, My mouth's uh, watering. Ah! So, ah! Well, Good, good for you. When you get into the hotel, there's a Kenny, uh, Kenny Rogers Roasters inside. Oh. The first you walk in, and the guy that's working the front desk is also working that. Hold on, is that now? Is that a genius move? Only because you <laughs> then can't smell the outside because you've got the Kenny Rogers Roasters going. Just they're just making chicken, just so you only smell chicken instead of death and shit. I, I don't know who has an appetite when they get when they get inside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fast forward to the next day, we, we go across the parking lot to have breakfast at some diner. And it's like, at this point, it's probably 10, 30 in the morning. And 
our waitress says, hey, we, you know, when you all got, when, we, when you guys are all, all done, just pay up front. I got to run across the street because my, like my cousin is in the ultimate fighting, you know, bare knuckle challenge fight across the street in the parking lot. In the parking lot? In the parking lot. So this is 22 years ago. They're doing the UFC bare knuckle um, fights. And she said, yeah, he can only, like the limit is like two fights in a day. But if he wins both, then he gets like free, um, free entry into the bar that night. Okay. Not so worth it. Still, I think he won the first one, and so uh, he was really, really pumped to beat the shit out of the other guy and uh, in fight two, and then go in to see a hairband that night. So <laughs> you make it sound so nice. Yeah, Clinton, Iowa. Got a, that, that was the worst place I've ever been, and ever, ever. Ever, it's like it's a beautiful mix of, of death, animals, smells. And for you fight fans, yeah. UFC backyard yeah, fights. Dana and White may have been there scouting. I don't know. She's just there scouting, hanging out, embracing. And then you know what? What's what's our hair cover band that covers that that gets into Clinton, Iowa? What do you think that hair cover band is? Oh God! I see. So that'd have been '98. So you 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 probably got your uh, you, know, you got to have your. Um, well, it's, we're in the Bible Belt, so do do we just go striper? Oh, so the band, um, oh, what's it called? Um, Slipknot. They're from mm-hmm. Iowa. Mm. So that's not Bible Belt. That's not Bible Belt. That's true. Um, so I think that's you get your have your uh, your Motley Crew, probably some Judas Priest, maybe some oh, Winger. Judas uh, Priest. And, wow. Uh, probably Sons uh, Sons Leather Chaps. What is, you know, as, as, a, as a guy who, who got to travel with so many and spend so much time with so many different people as an athlete, how much did that influence, I'm parlaying this in, how much did that influence into the music that you listen to and love today? And how much of it was just you exploring? <coughs> um. I'm trying to think of like the bands I, I was turned on to while I was playing. Um, you know, not as I had a good friend, Drew, who was um, he and I were both really into Radiohead. Actually, my friend Nick was uh, uh, was as well. Um, not not as much, and I think and Jason, I think it was because it just wasn't as accessible okay. you know, as it is now. Sure. And back then, we've got. We've got our, our folders full of our, our CDs and we got our, our desk men. We didn't have MP4s back then, or MP3s rather. Yeah. Um, and so, but at the same time, you know, in, in kind of a, a different segue, um, you know, when I think about it, I mean, like the first thing I played on, I had, there's guys from probably 12 states and three countries. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today. I mean, you know, I'm coming from LA. There's guys coming from, you know, from Washington and, and Brooklyn and Florida and, you know, Texas and, and Wisconsin, Cuba, the Dominican, Puerto Rico. It's like, okay, guys are all now, you know, you're, you're going to be family for the next five, six months. And um, um, for me, from like a cult going up behind the orange curtain in Orange County, California, yeah, I never really had to, I never had, I didn't have the experience of that kind of diversity. And um, 
I'm grateful for it. And I'm, I, I had the chance to play down in the Dominican and, and Puerto Rico in, in the winter a couple of times. And, um, being, and it, was, it was interesting to kind of be the fish out of water that most people don't get to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's made me a more um, understanding person. Um, and when I think about kind of what's going on in the world right now, I, what I do wish, and I talked to an old teammate, about, teammate of mine about this uh, last week, is I wish I would have had kind of the difficult conversations back then that we're having now. And my old teammate, Rodney Donaldson, grew, grew up in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Rodney, what's been your, what's been your American experience? And because mine growing up in Southern California is probably going to be different than yours. <laughs> and bit. The people that I've, I've had the chance to ask, it has, their responses have blown me away. I so, um not, not to get no yeah no no because I I'd get serious with it as well because I I I've said this a couple of times this podcast for those that have, have heard this uh, I apologize for those that haven't um America's really really good at a couple of things we are really good at letting things pop and what I mean by that is we let things boil over to a point where where it it explodes. And then we're really, really good at rallying the troops and being like, oh, shit, I can't believe this exploded. Yeah. But we're not good at relationships. And what I mean by that is, is after all the protests happen, after everything's done, give me six months. Give America six months. Is every mayor in every city in America going to sit down and have a, a, a group of citizens from all over the city? sit down and have an open relationship conversation and say, how's everyone doing? Hey, you know what? Eastside Austin, are your parks now, are the lights turned on? Are the burnt out lights getting replaced faster? Uh, Where do you need help? How are you being treated? Is it the same shit as it was a year ago, six months ago? How's it? We don't, we don't want relationships, right? We want to fix problems. We don't want to fix relationships. And in not fixing relationships, it breaks my heart because I think I'm seeing what you've seen, right? Which is this broken cycle, this, 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 this disconnect, if you will, on, on understanding people. And we just, we need to do a better job of not just understanding people, but understanding them in a way where it's, it's growth for us. And we want a quick fix. Yeah, we just want, yeah, you know? well, yeah. I yeah. mean, listen, I can get it at McDonald's. Why can't I get this, you know? And it shows, I mean, folks, it's super simple. Just look at the way we treat other relationships. We are treating our relationships with the less fortunate, with minorities, with big business versus small business. You name the broken relationship in this world. We're treating it like Tinder. Swipe left, swipe right. That's what I want right now. I'm good. I don't care about the consequences. Yeah. And that's. And, and the, no, the, the, I agree with you. And the challenges that have been happening over the you know, past 400 years, you know, that's not going to go away. And, and um, with a couple of tweets or a couple, couple of quick videos. And you know, I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I've, I've taken it upon myself to make sure that, you know, my kids are educated and they, and they know kind of what's right and what's wrong and the questions to ask. And, um, and like I said, I've been, I've been speaking with my 
you know, my friends that are, you know, persons of color about their experience and, and to, to learn, but also to be empathetic. And, um, you know, I've had some, with some people that are friends of mine, I've had some kind of difficult, well, very difficult conversations when they're, you know, we don't see eye to eye on stuff. Yeah. And, but they don't understand white privilege. And, um, and so, you know, I, I'm, 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 by nature, I'm kind of non-confrontational, but this has made me want to become more educated, you know, bit by bit, just so I am armed, not, not to argue, but to kind of defend, you know, the changes that need to happen. Sure. And, um, and I've, I, I, one of the things I learned about, you know, playing ball in, in all these different environments and in clubhouses is that it is a cultural melting pot and you've got to understand how to navigate through those waters. And um, if you can't do that, then you're going to be pushed one side or the other. If you're able to go in the middle, you, you've got friends from all walks of life. And that's really, really cool. Um, and, you know, I, so that, you know, these people I'm having more difficult conversations with, I see them as, you know, predominantly white, hanging out with white people all the time. And that's what their that's what their upbringing has been, um, and so I I don't know I, I'm trying to be the high school I went to was called Villa Park we called it Vanilla Park because we had two <laughs> black kids at our school it wasn't a big high school by any means yeah and, Villa Park yeah um, it's a real small great little town in, in Orange County and um, and so diversity was was. <laughs> Not something I was raised with, and so I'm just trying. I'm trying to get myself more aware, more you know, and just smarter about kind of what's going on and and people's experiences, and trying to share that with the people that that I, I engage with that I think need to be slapped upside the head a little bit. <laughs> no, I mean, it. You know, it's funny as because I mean, we are very opposite personalities. I'm, um, you know, generally in my in my tone sometimes, and just how I talk, a little more confrontational sometimes, or perceived confrontational when really I'm just passionate about things and I get excited. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I'm still with, I, I completely agree with you. And, and COVID has taught me to be um, more understanding, um, you know, that, that, well, that I'm not, I'm not here to win an argument. I'm actually not, I'm, I'm not here to educate someone. I, I'm, I, I should be focused more on listening. I talk enough. I probably need to listen a little bit more and I don't know what that person went through. So I have a lot of friends who are anti-mask. That's fine. But, and they're like, well, why do you wear a mask, Jay? Because I don't know what the person at the store went through today. It's not about me. Like, it's just not about me. Um, I, I, and I, I think this is the hardest part for, and this is why I think, you know, it's, it's the most broken part. It goes back to communication, right? Is that we just don't, we don't communicate very well and are not communicating very well. We want to rally the troops. And, you know, it didn't start with a president or congressional leaders in front of a flag wearing masks saying, I'm doing this because I don't know what you went through. Not for me. Like it started out and I'm doing this for me. Everything started out as, as very me focused and 
me focused in from not giving correct information because there was a mask shortage, right? So we didn't want to say wear masks because man, there'd be a rush on masks. We already saw the rush yeah. on toilet paper. So we're going to lie instead, right? So instead of offering bandanas and showing all the different alternatives, what do we do? We lied. Said you don't have to wear them. Then we come back and say you have to wear them. Now the average person and a person with my temperament generally gets frustrated and they're like, fuck this, I'm out. I'm out. No, you guys are idiots. You know what? You can't get your stuff straight. You know what you're doing? You're morons. Or yeah. the new me goes, man, that guy's not perfect. What would I have done? Yeah. There's a mask shortage. What am I going to say? It's easy hindsight for me to, you know, and, and this is the other thing I, I tell my friends, I go, whether you are Republican or Democrat is inconsequential. Whether you love Trump or hate Trump is inconsequential. Instead of bashing on the person you already hate, find a fault in your party that gives you pause and think about how you're going to fix it. Because everyone from both sides, instead, if you go, hey, I can't believe X, Y, and Z said this, like, well, Trump or the Democratic equivalent Pelosi said this. It's like, no, 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 no. Own it. That person made a mistake. Owning mistakes and moving forward and knowing that we're better as a community and then we're better as a city and then we're better as a county and then we're better as a state or counties in a region and then better as a state. It allows us to understand people first next door. And how many of us understand our neighbors next door? How many of us are sitting down with our neighbors next door and just asking how they're doing? Mm -hmm. And then from that, how many of us are voting for school board, mayor, any other local position? And then from that, it's just, it's a ripple effect that should, we shouldn't, it shouldn't ripple down. It should ripple up. And rippling up means understanding and understanding means putting an effort and putting an effort means listening and listening's yeah. fucking hard and it sucks because you don't get to say what you want to say. <laughs> and so that is as a, you know, and that's, what's changed me a lot is this, is this, is this underlying patience of, trying to see it from someone else's perspective and not knowing how their day went. I th so um, I'm close the door, hold on. Yeah, please, no, get after it. It's all good. He's gonna close the door. I'm gonna crack open another beer. He poured himself another Tito's, sneakily did it. Didn't even say he was doing it. He just, you, didn't, you guys don't see this because it's all audio, but uh, you know, Scott got up, poured himself another Tito's. He did, came out of his freezer. So a, uh, a, an old colleague of mine, he said the expression, and it was interesting because he didn't do it. Um, but it was, you know, we're born with, you know, with uh, two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionally. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you know. And so, um, since then, I, I've tried to listen more. And, and um, you know, I also saw this this person. His heart was in the right place, but when a at the time a customer was trying to convey, hey, this is the challenge that they have. You could see him like just jumping to like say, I've got the answer for you. You can almost see like he's like kind of like holding his finger up, like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And I told him, I said, let them finish. Because if you don't let them finish, that means you're not you are so ready to give them the answer, you've not let them finish telling you what the problem is. And I said, What we what we we would be better off doing is saying, gosh, you know, that's a big problem. I think I've got some ideas. Can I get back to you? Can on the on the way home, can I kind of put together my thoughts and can I give you a call tomorrow and just kind of share, you know, share with you how I 
how I feel or how I ought to approach that situation. Because if you do that, A, it shows you're really listening. B, and gives you a chance to actually formulate your idea. And maybe it's not, maybe what you initially thought is it could be refined a little bit. But just showing that you're listening and you're hearing the person and you're, you're not quick to, to try and change your mind with something or, or whatever the case may be. And, and I think kind of what you're saying that you're you know, doing more listening now and being empathetic and, and trying to understand what, what that other person might be going through. I think, you know, you know, not just in, in Austin or, or in the U.S. or, you know, more globally, if we all did that and just used our ears and our mouth proportionally, I think that would be great. And just people need to learn how to shut up sometimes. Yeah. And, just, yeah. and, let, and when, when someone wants to vent, let them vent and to say, I get it. Your analogy is so spot on because... How many times have you wanted to articulate a problem, not just so you can hear the answer, but so the person that you're talking to can hear you articulate the problem. It's the idea of you are starting to say something and that person in their lines, like I've heard this call a hundred thousand times. Mm -hmm. I'm in. No, no, yep, I got it, I got it. Like, but how good does that make that person feel yeah. But they didn't get to express what the problem was because at the end of the day, your technology can be on every desktop, Microsoft, right? Almost you're in every city in every, in every part of the world in some capacity, you've heard of every problem, but that person doesn't know that that person knows that this is their problem at this time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care if Tallahassee has made this phone call 700 times. It's Austin, Texas. My computer, my problem, listen to me. Yeah, I, have you, um, yeah, I guess there's the, I think I've heard of, I think Bill Clinton, I've heard things about Bill Clinton that people feel this way, is that when he's speaking with you, you feel like you're the, you know, you're the only person in the room. Him and George W. Bush. Okay. Both, yep, both. The same way, yep. And um, I mean, I, I'm not sure if that's a, just a, a, a God-given talent or if that's something that can be you know, taught. I, I don't know. I, I don't have it. Um, but you know, I like to think that if you are intently listening to the person, that they will then feel that way. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I, you know my, my sister has that. Have, you've met my sister, haven't you? No, I haven't. Um, yeah, my, my sister, she's six one, beautiful, um, smile lights up her room and her her only thing that's the, the loudest thing about her is her laugh. Um, but she's yeah, she's um, she's Holly's a rock star. That's even more impressive because she's six one and lights up a room. Yeah. Like usually that means that usually means you give me the talent, you give me the attention versus me giving you the attention. Yeah, she walks. I mean, she's a, she's a VP of sales for the Hallmark Channel. Okay. And uh, so she walks into an industry event, and it's like everyone knows Holly, and <laughs> um, she's never met a stranger, and um, just people are just gravitating towards her, and, and she's so much fun. She's so cool. She's the best aunt in the world to my kids. Um, but um, yeah, that's Chevy Chase taking the leak. I know, right? That's a. Um... Another random question here in a podcast full of left turns. 
you um you heavily pursued a dream of playing baseball and we're going to go into that a little bit but um in that pursuit you know you didn't get the uh the hundred million dollar pitching contract did not your kids you got the hundred dollar which is nice yeah you got two kids they've got their passion dreams the things they want to do how do you as a dad first and as an athlete second create that bridge of it's worth it just to try and you doing it is what's making it everyone celebrates the contract as making it but you mm-hmm. i mean because you can look back on your life and all the things you struggled, all the times you persevered, all the shitty little towns you went into, everything that happened to you, right? Everything mm-hmm. laid the foundation, not to be the number one MLB pitcher, but laid the foundation for the successful man, husband and father and worker that you are today in, in, the, in the industry that you work in. So how do you balance the world of dreams and reality in a world where you lived a dream that led you to, I mean, obviously, I mean, a beautiful wife and family and, 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 and place in Austin. I don't want to discount what you've achieved, but you were a part of make believe for a long time and not let baseball is not real, but yeah, that's a, that's make believe. I mean, that's like special people manipulate the ball that way. Yeah. So that, that's a great question, Jay. Um, I'm just going to record these snippets of you saying that's a great question. That's be my new intro song. <laughs> All right, that works. <laughs> so, so there's I'm not sure if they're still around, but there is a, a a kind of surfboard clothing brand called Hawaiian Island Creations. Okay. Um, and they had their I think their tagline was "Enjoy the ride," and for them it was about you know you know riding your surfboard. Sure. And I, you know, as I was kind of going through the kind of the dog days of the summer in Clinton, Iowa or wherever, you know, that really resonated with me because it was, it's, a, you know, now you hear about like, enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. And to me that those, those, those phrases are two and the same and, um, you know, enjoy the prep, enjoy practice, enjoy, you know, the workouts and the running and all that type of stuff. And because if you only enjoy it when you win, then you're and, and you don't enjoy the rest of it. Then the winnings not as, as it's not as much fun. And so, my daughter Abby, you know, she's um, she does dance and she does theater um, at high school here, um, Bowie High School. And you know, Abby dances just on her own for at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half or two a day. And like in our bedroom upstairs, and she's doing all the stuff and and. Um, and a year or two ago, she no way could she do what she does now, and because she's put she's put in a ton of time. I mean, literally an hour a day, and you know, working on just different turns and leaps and stuff like that. And um, so, when it comes to that, I don't have to get on her about practicing things like that. I I will show her different um, different kind of skills drills that I use to improve coordination and stuff like that. And, and when I do that, it's kind of like, oh, dad, you're so old, whatever. <laughs> it's like the human body is so the human body. You got to do these things if you want to get lighter on your feet. And, and so some, sometimes she'll take 
she'll take that no from me but um but it's yeah it's the, the and so as far as the the enjoy the ride it, for her the ride is is dancing upstairs in our you know for an hour or two every day sure she just enjoys it she enjoys the practice and um so as far as that's concerned i mean i don't know where, where she's going to take dance or ballet or anything this might be her last year this might be her first or her next year of 50 i don't know but as long as that she's enjoying that process by the way this guy is jumping in the background <laughs> he's so cool and so hip why is he jumping in the background trying to watch the other guy get laid i never understood that no i mean he just he just left the golf course to go watch this other guy get laid yeah i checked that's not that good looking so, yeah it's uh well you gotta i think you gotta remember the time of and, and how we saw sex and interaction back then true right so 1981 I don't know uh yeah we're right about there it is um you know this is such a it's such an interesting thing right because of <laughs> one you can't I don't believe you could ever remake Caddyshack you're not going to remake Caddyshack because I hope not the, the, the things that I, I think would, um, for the Me Too movement and others, what would offend them of how maybe ladies are treated or um, how, uh, how other people are treated, it's going to yeah. be lost, A. But B, also, that idea of, of what is sex and what's not sex, I mean, we are coming, we're on the precipice after this and some others, right, of Tipper Gore being... Oh God! Yeah, testifying about yeah. you know what you what you can and cannot see, uh, what you can and can't do, what you can and can't listen to. Yeah. So that level of innocence and and what happened, um, I mean that's that's hard to replicate or, or or understand in any way, shape, or form. That's for sure. Uh, there's there's a level of, uh, I mean, I don't know about you when you were growing up, you know, in Orange County, how many kids were. Um, even making out with other chicks or doing stuff, but man, I'll tell you what, Whitefish, Montana wasn't happening, man, but you heard about it, right? Yeah, I heard about it a little bit. I mean, so remember first hearing about it in junior high? Yeah. Do you talk to a girl? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you going steady with that girl? What's that mean? Yeah. Well, we sit down at lunch together sometimes, but unless it's Tuesday when I play basketball or, you know, it's this, it's like, yeah, yeah. whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I, I watched, uh, I think two weeks ago, I watched Teen Wolf. Oh, yeah. Not, not, not a good movie by any No, means. no. But there are, um, there are a couple of offensive uh, phrases uttered in that movie that, I mean, I, I hadn't seen a movie probably since the theater. Um, but yeah, I was like, wow, Michael J. Fox called someone a fag? Wow. Yeah. That's horrible. That's Michael J. Fox. I mean, the guy's like, he gets like a box of, you know, Cheerios. But I don't know. But I don't know. I, I think, you know, going back to, 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 the, to the baseball thing, you know, it's, Oh, this is like my favorite part. <laughs> um, I wonder how long it took him to do this. So at, my daughter, Abby, she, she did uh, um, uh, synchronized water. What's it called? No, um, she did not do the water synchronized swimming. 
Yeah, she did that at the Lifetime for a couple of months. It was like she had like three other girls. But this is so good and so bad at the same time. I mean, it's, you can tell it's like they didn't want to practice it too much. That, you know, I, the, once again, today, I think in today's movie, this would be perfect, right? Yeah. Everything would be just perfect, flawless. And here they're like, no, 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 man. You got to fuck yeah. this up a little bit. You, you know, we've got 45 minutes to do this. Get it done. Just so you know this, so all this was filmed in Florida. And the requirement really? by Harold Ramis was it had to be a golf course with no palm trees because it needed to look like the Midwest. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that was the big thing. Oh, baby Ruth. Spooky. Baby Ruth. I can't believe these kids are are are, are fighting over a baby. You know, don't throw a bit you don't throw a baby Ruth away. That's a great candy bar. It is. What was in the dugout? What was your your <laughs> uh, your choice? Your your beverage? Did you were you a sunflower seed guy? Were you a chewing gum guy? What were you? Uh I was a seed guy. Seed and and uh and chewing gum. So you're a seed guy, so here's the next question, hmm. real quick. How do you feel about this for the last 15 years now, 10, 15 years, flavored sunflower seeds, from ranch to salsa to- oh, I've tried them. I've tried them. I've been down, I, I, so the ranch is the gateway. The gateway is seed. Um, so ranch is good, barbecue is good. Um, and uh, there's, there's different brands. Um, you know, David is still a great, great seed. Um, That's the classic road trip seed. Got the yeah. red top, little yep. yellow in there, boom. And you, you get your Gatorade, you drink it as fast as you can, so you now you get, you know, something to spit the seeds into or the yep. shell. Um, um, Are you a one shell at a time guy, or do you load up a cheek and then hide the shells under your tongue and then unload? Uh, I, so I, I go chipmunk. I load a handful in, all on one side, and then just pull one out each time and spit the shell out. Okay. I, I find that I can I can pack in more volume with the cheek than I can go with the under the tongue method. Yep. And uh, also with that way that the bottom underneath my tongue doesn't get all pruney and and uh, and uh, kind of furry like it would be if I uh, if I you know, go on the on the left side of the cheek. Sure. Um, I do have a, a, a kind of a funny story about, uh, you know, dugout stuff. So there was a <laughs> um, guy I played with, Hector Quilon. I think he, Hector, I believe he was Dominican. Um, and if, if Hector was six feet tall, he, he'd be perfectly round. Um, <laughs> and although I wasn't there for this, I, I guess at some point, I think the, the season before, uh, he had been cheating on his wife and, and his wife flew up and was in the stands and found, you know, found the girl that he had been spending time with and she had ran out on the field during the game and attacked him. Oh, I love, I, that's, you know what, good for her. So, um, I, I wish I could have been there for that. I, I, if, if I can make a footnote on that and, and, uh, confirm that story. <laughs> but Hector used to go into like guys' bags and, and you know get a lip of Copenhagen and then go play or whatever. And um, so he kept on going this one guy's bag. His name was Mark Gaffers, a very close friend of mine. Um, and so, um, and some guys would put tequila in their Copenhagen, whatever, as a um, 
and they play with it and play with the buzz. Well, Mark put um, cayenne pepper in his one day. Hey, shit ton of it. And because he knew that you no know, Hector was gonna um, come and get it, and so sure enough, um, Hector goes and gets like a horseshoe of Copenhagen, goes out, he's, he was a catcher too. And he's like warming up or he's out there third inning, whatever. And he's like sweating profusely because he's had probably three ounces of, of cayenne pepper or chili powder. Oh. And because he stole from some other guy. Well, he's got to deal with it the whole inning. Because he can't run in and say, oh, my mouth's on fire. My, no. And uh, so he, it was, I, I think, I think we gave up two or three runs that inning, so it was probably a 20-minute inning. And um, so, Damn. anyway. So, by the way, so in the piano uh, shot here, yeah, God, this is this is vintage Ch Chevy Chase. So, I was born to love you. So the um, I want to I, I want to play this song on a keyboard, and I want to get this keyboard so I can get okay. this sound. I like I, li I like how he does it right, and he does the shot, snorts the the, but also they're doing. But he does a shot over his over his yeah. uh, shoulder. But he also they're drinking tequila wrong. You drink tequila with orange slices, party people. <laughs> uh, Lime brings out the uh, the natural earth tones of tequila, whereas <laughs> uh, oranges bring out the natural sugars. Is that true? Yep. What about lemon? Uh, you know what? Lemon brings out the acidity uh, in a different way. Uh, I wouldn't do lemon with tequila ever, um, but lime is, lime is nasty to me. Orange is the way I learned about having orange with tequila. I was in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico for the Bisbee black and blue, the richest fishing tournament in the world. Is that Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, as, as opposed to Cabo San Lucas, uh, Vancouver, Vancouver. Yes. Cabo San Lucas, Vancouver and Cabo San Lucas, Pittsburgh. Uh. Both, both prime tourist spots, big, big problems with South, Southwest airlines. Uh, but so we, uh, we're down there, we're on the beach and this guy, Jorge owns a couple of bars down there and he brings me on the beach and I've bringing all these fishermen and news agencies in and we're having great food. And he brings that 1954 Don Julio. Wow. Full bottle. And then a bucket of oranges and then two young ladies in bikinis. So anytime I wanted to drink, they poured it. Anytime I wanted an orange slice, they put it in my hand. I mean, it was like, I didn't hardly move. Like this is. This is Jabba the Hutt revisited. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, huh? Huh? Like he just grunt with their left hand, shot. Grunt with their right hand, orange slice. Okay, this is how we do it. And it was, uh, it was amazing. And he goes, you know what I hate about you Americans is uh, you ruin tequila with lemon or lime. You've got to do it with oranges. Now I took this and I have gone, I have traveled all over the US and everywhere I've been. I was in Chicago and uh, a group of Chive people came in and I had a Chive t-shirt on and we're chatting. I'm like, oh, I live in Austin. Like, oh, the Mecca. And they ordered a round of shots, tequila shots. And I said, who ordered that? And they go, this guy did, he's running this Chive group. I go, great, give him an orange slice, please. And the guy's like, what? I'm like, listen, give him an orange slice. Everyone else gets lime. If he doesn't like it, I'll buy them a whole round of shots. But if he likes it, he's buying me my next two beers and a tequila shot. Okay. So the guy comes up. He's like, what's this bullshit? I'm like, just drink it and try it. He drank it. He goes, I'll never have tequila a different way again in my life, ever. <laughs> Thank you. Paid my tab. 
my full bar tab. Wow. Yeah. Did it in New York. I've done it in Tampa. I've done it in Nashville, uh, LA, Wash, uh, Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, Denver, Colorado, Austin, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. I, um, yeah. You just go around looking for people buying. Well, if they're, if they're, if they're drinking tequila, I'm just like, I'm in like, let's play. Let's have some fun. Uh, but drink it with an orange. It's going to, it's going to taste better and you're going to want more. So, you know, it's interesting. The first person that I heard talk about tequila and orange or orange juice was the owner of your, the former owner of your house. Really? So, man, I, I, JP dropping some knowledge. I love it. You and JP would, (laughs) you guys, I think you guys would be best friends. Oh, I think we would. I remember talking with him when uh, when we were checking out this house. I love chatting with him. We shot a little pool. I mean, yeah, yeah. Guys, JP was freaking awesome. But JP, his house drink was Cuervo with orange juice. Oh yeah, absolutely. All natural orange juice. Yep. And um, so you know, come no ten thirty on a.m. on a Tuesday, JP's got his his house cocktail. Oh. So he um, he turns, I think next year he turns eighty. No. Yeah. Yeah. We Alicia keeps in touch with them like on Facebook and stuff. And I think so they're living in Charlotte right now. And I think they're doing like a for his birthday they're doing like a um, like cross country RV trip. And so he said, "You've got to you've got to fucking come to Austin. We we miss Jeez. you guys." Um, I mean, come by and just fix the lawn real quick. Sorry, JP. <laughs> Not this hey, good by the way, for, for lawn stuff, yeah. I'm not, if I've not told you this, um, it's worth the money. Real green. Really? So here's a plug for real, for real green. Um, hey, local. I, listen, I do yeah. local plugs. All, I'm all about, especially during this time, you know, I mean, we opened up talking about breweries, mm-hmm. um, a little bit about Tito's and, and, and giving back and making sure you're, folks, this goes for any seat in America, not just Austin. And, you know, I, I, I had an open, open call uh when the covid first kicked off like if you're a small business you message me i'll do a read i'll do a read for free i don't want your money i don't want free food i don't want free i don't want anything i want to help you yeah 350 downloads a day we're in 20 countries wow well yeah it just shows how small every place downloads (laughs) it's like (laughs) outside of austin does like a hundred a day (laughs) and then everyone else is like five but it's five, you know, from 20 different countries and then random places in the U.S. I mean, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Pretty huge. A, a casino in Kazakhstan reached out and was like, hey, I wanna, we want to bring your podcast out here what? to do live entertainment. And I was like, hold on. So I reached out to Tim Kennedy and I was like, hey, what's Kazakhstan like? And he goes, you're too old to join the army. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I got invited. And he's like, don't go. I'm like, no, it's a casino. And he's like, don't, I'm like, they're going to give me money. I'll pay your Navy SEAL guys, take a weekend furlough. I'll pay them cash. They'll get hooked up. So he goes, I don't think they're going to pay you. So they just asked me what it would take. So I made up this ridiculous, ridiculous laundry list of shit. Jason Dick and I eat you the sweet. Um, we record at Dive Bar and Lounge on, on 17th and Guadalupe. So I was just like, oh, Matt, the owner, uh, the GM there. I'm like, hey, 
he's our producer. He's got to come. So we need three suites, three first class tickets. I didn't, I didn't research any of this. At your casino, I need 500 bucks to gamble with downstairs. Um, obviously free drinks and then free food and then 2000 each person. And we'll do two shows. Well, then I, they, they didn't get back to me right away and then they passed. And I was like, huh. I looked at the casino and the talent they brought in. And then I looked at first class tickets from Austin <laughs> to Kazakhstan. <laughs> it was like 35,000 each what? ticket. Yeah. I, mean, I was getting in to damn near six figures. And they hadn't paid us yet. Wow. <laughs> So obviously they're like, this asshole has never flown here, has no idea. And we want to do it for a weekend, which means I wanted to leave like on a Thursday and be home on a Sunday. Do you want no. to go around and check out the sites? No, not cause it's done. But it was crazy because then I just looked at like what it would take to go there and back. Oh, it's like 30 hours to fly there. Ugh. Plus the time zone difference, we'd like be on five hours after we do two shows back to back and then fly home. Like we'd leave the second show and have to then just fly home. Oh, and they don't actually drink in that country. And there's a lot of, other, oh, and they don't, they don't like cursing. And they would have had to uh, preview the movie and they wanted our comments on the movie in advance to make sure it wasn't offensive. Dude, in my, in, 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 <laughs> in my job right now, I'm doing a lot of video, like scripting and stuff like that about COVID tests and stuff like that. And the thought of providing the comments beforehand, like ad hoc comments, <laughs> and it just makes you want to pull my eyeballs out and shove them up my ass. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Okay, yeah. That's not worth it. No, it's not. It's not worth it at all. None of it is. Hey, so we're at that. Have you ever been caught? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, Lou from my stretch marks, Danny. Come on. Come on. <laughs> have you ever like felt one of those loofahs? Yes. Cool. God, I mean, they're just horrible things. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're huge. I mean, that was like, that was from the ocean. Yeah, that, yeah. Oh, that must be the T. Oh, he is. Look at this. They got a little nod to The Shining right there. I mean, it is. This movie was so well done as far as yeah. what the nods, it, the subtle nods it gave. The, I mean, uh, this is, by the way, for sports comedies, this yeah. is number 15, I believe. That's it. All time grossing, grossing money. Oh, grossing. Well, but okay. So I take that into account. I, I mean, that's pretty huge, actually. Well, yeah, but I mean, grossing. Okay, the, a, a ticket for a movie back in 1980 is obviously a lot different than it is now. Sure. I mean, so when I hear that you know Harry Potter outgrossed in Star Wars, I mean, fuck, you know Harry Potter was you know 2006 or nine, whatever it was. And Star Wars was 1977. It was a dollar fifty versus you know ten dollars. Yeah. So if they could go by you know not not the 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 dollar amount sold, but the number of tickets sold. So grossing for this for I think fifteenth all time sports comedies was 
a ratio real-time dollar average of where they're at today. Okay. And then a ratio, I don't know how they do this stat. I'm sure there's some smart person that'll email us and tell me of how they go, well, when this movie came out, there were only this many theaters, but they all sold out this many okay. times. All right. Do you extrapolate that to where we're at today from like a tin cup or a blue chips or... Okay. I'm trying to think of the last great sports movie that's been out. I mean, that we haven't had a great sports movie in, uh, oh, let's yeah. go sports comedy, sports comedy in the last 10 years. Okay. I just, I don't. We shit like dodgeball. Yeah, I guess. That's like right? the past 10 years, that's. Um, is that our, no, it's, I mean, is, I mean, if that's our go-to, but it's, it's a weird thing, right? Because you got to look at that and go, where did the tin cups, the major leagues, the, uh, the caddy shacks, I mean, now more than ever, we kind of need them, right? So I think that, um, do you know who Ron Shelton is, the director? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, I, when I was at SC, um, I took a film, a film class and they aired a tin cup. And he also did Bull Durham. Well, Bull Durham's a great film. And in my opinion, Bull Durham is, is the best, um, comedy-wise, the best baseball movie. You it's, think that's it, better than Major League? I mean, yeah. Okay. I, I, um, Bull Durham is, like, accurate. Very much accurate. Okay. I mean, I, I, can, I can point to parts in that movie that are, like, bingo. Um, <laughs> Major you're League like, is You're not. like, that's Clinton, Iowa, right there. Yeah. And then there was a, um, a movie called, I mean, this, is, this was not a good movie, but there was a movie called Summer Catch. Yes, I know Summer Catch, yeah. Okay, so. Is he, With uh, okay. Freddie Prince Jr. Yep. So Summer Catch took place in Chatham, uh, Massachusetts. On, was on it Summer Cape Catch where they lived in uh, other people's houses? Yep. Yep. So that movie is based upon my team. Stop. So that was, um, so I played out in Chatham um, in the Cape Cod League in uh, 95 and 96. And in 95, um, we actually, we didn't win the championship that year. We won it the next year. Um, in 95, this guy who was a screenwriter, I guess, he just hung out with us all season. And we're just jotting down kind of what we saw, what he heard, whatever. And so a um, couple years later, here comes this movie, uh, Summer Catch. And it's, um, it's our team, the Chad Amaze. They, they filmed that at, at a different field. But um, there were, I think, two or three guys from USC on the team um, in the movie. There are stories that took place um, that season that happened in the movie. Um, and um, yeah, I, and actually, my old coach was in the movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was, he, he was like, he was one of the, I think the, the, the coach for the A's was Brian Dennehy. Mm -hmm. uh, but my old coach, uh, John Schiffner, he was a, a uh, kind of one of the um, kind of the opposing coaches or whatever. Wow. But, um, and then there was a TV show. Um, 
Oh gosh, you know, Amy Silverman. Um, she's a comedian, dark, long dark hair. Yeah. She had a brother, I think it's Jonathan Silverman. He had a show on ABC for a while, and um, he had a, a Chatham Ace pennant in his apartment. So I think that someone told me that um, well, while I was there, um, the so a high up, I guess it was NBC, a high up at NBC or ABC, their kid went to our baseball clinic and had a great time. And so this guy kind of fell in love with the A's. And so when he could, he would put some, you know, Chatham A's kind of, um, um, kind of paraphernalia in, uh, it just in a set. What a cool so, shout out though. I mean, just so. to, you know, just, like everyone pays for every inch of every piece of that screen. And he's oh, like, shit. not today. No, sorry. Uh, nope. This so I, saw, I saw something on Twitter today. It was the, at the Jason and Deb um, Twitter feed. And something like, but you're washing your hats in the, in the dishwasher, which is a yeah. good idea. Um, but there looked to be a Chatham A's hat in there. So I just tagged him and said, hey, is this an A's hat? Because it's, if it is, it's really fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, not a whole lot of people know about that. Um, um, is that banjo? I know that's banjo. I'm out on the patio because I talk too loud. So then I got to do this, right? So he howls. I put a speaker in front of the door so he wouldn't do it. And then I just throw into the dark. And then he should come back in a moment here because he howls when people walk by now. He gets very offended. At anyone uh, who dare walk in this neighborhood at this hour, it's just so rude. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Yeah, Izzy's that's the my same dog. Way. Yeah, she's, we, she's turning into a Clint Eastwood in Elk in uh, what was it El Camino or whatever? Yeah, I'll get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how the Bernard is. He's like, get off my lawn. I'm like, hey, man, dude, they're walking past at a brisk pace. You have to run out of the patio at <laughs> full sprint to get to the corner of the fence so that you can just be like, just wanted to let you know. And then you're just gonna stay there and sniff for 20 minutes just to recognize that person. This psychopath move, just a <laughs> psychopath. So qu question for you, <clears throat> your love of music. Yeah. You do have a, a, a love uh, of music. I do. Did that, parlay out of your love of baseball like did you transition a love from baseball to a love of music because as you got out of the game you saw kind of the for lack of a better term the the the, the crazy bullshit of the mlb and exorbitant salaries and people complaining about shit and everything mm -hmm. else and you're like god you know what can i just get back to can someone just hit a guitar and make my soul feel good for a hot second? Kind of like what I would, I imagine, this is what I imagine. I've asked the longest questions in the world, so I apologize. But this is what I imagine. I imagine Scott, 21 years old, hearing this song every time you threw a pitch and it hit that mitt and the, and the, and the, and the, the winning, the, the bravado is the whiff of the bat but it's this beautiful orchestra of your arm moving, you hear the shh, and you know the spin of the ball and you hear it and then you hear the and it and it hits the catcher's mitt just perfect. And right before it, you hear the shh, and it's like this beautiful song that you have in your head. And then that steps away and you wanna, you wanna love the game, but you're, 
you're smart and you kind of see this ancillary bullshit happening and you're like, that's not the love of the, that's not the love that I felt when I was on the mound. And then someone strikes a chord, a piece of music hits your soul and you're like, that's, that's the pure, it seems like music always drives down. Like you hear anyone who's gotten away from sports and the boil down is they find a passion in music like this pure form again. So, I th so, <laughs> all right. Great, but, um, <laughs> so I think it's you know, what, what happens is that when you when you kind of leave one very intense passion mm -hmm. and you've got to go somewhere else, you got to get a job, you know, build a resume, buy, you know, get a tire, whatever. You you need to creatively or, or I'll say creatively, you need to find another outlet. Sure. Um, so remember Randy Johnson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll picture whatever. So yep. his thing now is photography, and he's an amazing photographer. If you get a chance, uh, follow him on Instagram. He does some. He's all over the world taking pictures. I'm going to take a note. I got I got two notes now. I got another note. Randy, we're going to tag Randy Johnson in this. <laughs> and, um, and I think his uh, handles like yo like RJ fifty one or something like that. But he'll be like in, in Egypt taking pictures, but then he'll show, he'll have pictures from like front row with Soundgarden. Um, he, he's, and he also went to USC. Um, USC is the only school with two 300 game winners, Tom Seaver and Randy Johnson. Really? So, yes. Did now uh, arguably both men also hit a bird with a fastball? Uh, Seaver did not. <laughs> Seaver probably Seaver. It, fed it and said, there you go. <laughs> um, both guys are in the Hall of Fame. Um, but I think, you know, so, you know, some people will get into art or, or music, whatever. For me, it's been music. I mean, I'm a, I'm a decent guitar player. I'm not nearly as creative as I, I wish I could be. Um, but You're um, also a dad. You also have a full-time yeah. job. Like, there's, there's a couple other things that carve into that two hours with me carve into that time of you know yeah. it's you know you're you know you're right i mean and but i i find i mean there's a, a friend of ours that he does you know ultra marathons and all type of shit and he's got five kids so how the fuck does he figure out how to do that i don't know he has a very understanding wife i guess i'm not sure <laughs> um, but you know being able so so you know for me it was I mean, yeah, there was the, you know, the, the appreciation of a well-executed pitch, you know, especially you know, when you strike out, you know, when we strike someone out to end the game and there's the guys on base, yeah, there's a roar of the crowd of, you know, all, you know, 1,700 people there. Altogether, their voices are really loud, especially when But also, what does that feel like? Bases are loaded, full count, and you Send that sweet justice right down the pipelines. I mean, it's, it's so like, I mean, I was never, I, I never like pumped my fist or anything like that. My, my thing was, and remember Barry Sanders? Yeah. Okay. I got a Barry Sanders story I'll tell you after this. Okay. So I want to hear it. Barry Sanders, when he did what he did, he scored a touchdown, he just dropped the ball. Yeah. It's no big deal. I've been here before. This isn't my first time. And so when, 
when it was like bases loaded, nobody out, come in and, and they'll stop the bleeding, whatever, and you get out of it. It's like, yeah, inside you're like, fucking it, that was awesome. Yeah. But you don't know that. It's like, eh, whatever. And you just, it's like kind of, you plan it cool, whatever. But yeah, but inside you're like, holy shit, that was awesome. I'm going to remember that forever. But I, you know, I, I kept journals when I was playing ball and, and, you know, once every couple of years, I'll go back and kind of flip through them. And it's like, you know, through three innings, had seven strikeouts, two hits, no runs. It's like, fuck, that was an awesome night. Why don't I remember that? And uh, I should, but um, it's, at the, it's also at the time, it's like, you know, I expected that of myself. And so when I think, when I parlay that to, to music now, um, you know, it's, you know, I've got a, a whole thing of, of records I've been collecting since I was probably 16 years old and I've got my dad's old records here. Um, and so I'm like looking, listening for, hey, no one's ever heard this song or, or I've never heard this song on the radio, this old Chicago song or something from Elvis Costello or whatever. And so it's like, oh wow, that's for like really old Genesis. I mean, from like 1974. Um, I mean, all that's not like a, I'm not like passionate the same way. It's still kind of an expression. I can hear that. I can, I can own that. It, does that make sense? Sure, uh, absolutely. Mean, no, yeah, yeah. And and I can also the difference is that now I, I can share that. So I can say I can hear this song, and I can say I can send this to a buddy and say, hey, check this out. I've never heard this. Have you? No. Wow, this is super cool. By the way, nice. this scene. In, in the movie, uh, Chevy, Chevy, <laughs> don't worry. Um, I think it was one take. All ad libbed, right? And from my understanding, they did not like each other. Yes. And um, this was a one take, and the only time that they were together um, during the movie. Yes. And uh, well, also, I got also, I believe all ad libbed. They were just like, put them in a room, they're going to get it done, they're professionals, and they're done, and we're out. <laughs> Do you, um, do you sometimes, like just as a moment of just having playful fun with Abby, do you like, you're like a reader, a little journal entry and go, you know why I forgot no. this? You know why I forgot this? Because you were born. You took this space <laughs> in my brain, kid. All right, I had a magical moment. I had a great pitching night and I've forgotten it for you. No, no pressure. But if you are not the greatest dancer in the world, I don't know how I'm going to retire on your money. <laughs> This is bullshit. <laughs> you bust your kids' chops about, about stuff when they're doing stuff. Do you ever like go, hey, listen, dad gave up a lot for you. I expect a little more. I mean, obviously joking, but also yeah. you, have, you, have, you have two great kids, really great kids who tolerate me. That's how I, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the baseline I consider great kids when they like, I walk in a house and they're like, Jason. And they're like, try to like, Abby gives me the little side hug and Kern gives yeah. me a high five or knuckles. I'm like, God, fucking I've, I've won these kids. They're, they're the best. They tolerate me. So I think that the podcast world and, and your subscribers should know that um, you have brought by uh, gluten-free uh, cookies for my son at least three times. Yeah, because your kid's uh, great. And, and I uh, promised him cookies the first time, and I didn't know that there was, like, no dairy, no gluten. There's all these things. Uh, and, then, and then you text me, like, you know what you bought yourself into? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get the kid cookies. You're like, no, Jay, yeah. here's the things he's allergic to. And I'm like, 
oh shit, I'll figure it out. And I did. But yeah. I also, I promised him cookies and I'm not breaking a promise to any kid. If they're under 21, I'm not breaking the promise. If you're over 21, go fuck yourself. You can go buy it yourself. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, current, current is, uh, so current's 11. Um, so today he spent a good chunk of the day just listening to James Brown. He's got a poster in his room for my sister. It's just James Brown. And it just says, funk. It's mm. awesome. Okay, what is, what is that? I mean, I have goosebumps right now because Harper should be like, dad, I'm going to go take a shower by myself. I'm like, okay. She goes, no, no, I need you to bring your iPhone in. I'm like, why? Mm. She goes, muddy waters. Oh, she showers God. by herself to muddy waters. God, that's awesome. And I'm just like, yeah, kid. I mean, get your, I mean, get, are you, and then there's a couple other small bands that, you know, they've been on some big TV shows, but they never made it big. Like my friend's Great Caesar. Great Caesar, okay. Yeah, Great Caesar, um, their Big Sky album, but they, um, when Harper was first born, uh, you know, right after she was born July 31st, where she's almost a year old, uh, they're at South by Southwest and they're the person who was managing them was a friend of mine and they had some problems getting at us and they're like car broke down and some shit. And so I took care of them. Legit just took care of them. Got them hooked up, got them some others, some other gigs in town, just, you know, whatever they needed. Yeah. And uh, Harper obviously doesn't remember, but I tell her stories of like their last performance, how she was on stage with them, their last performance, how when they got off stage on their last performance, they all gave her a high five and gave her a kiss. Um, little yes. things like that, that she's like, well, I want to listen, you know? Uh, so she's like, well, where's their new music? I'm like, well, honey, they decided not to play anymore. And then she doesn't understand. Yeah, but they were all friends. They were all, they played, like, dad, this music's amazing. Why would they not play together forever? Yeah. Fuck, I got to talk about breakups with a six-year-old. <laughs> Damn it, music. Come on, man. Come well, on. Yeah. So first thing is to, for me to print out the lyrics. Okay. So this is Think by James Brown. Nice. Papa's got a brand new bag by James Brown. Now, does he like, does he like Bootsy Collins at all as a, as, as a man who likes funk? Uh, does not know Bootsy Collins yet. Okay. Uh, but he does like, um, oh God, Daft Punk. Okay. Yeah, listen, man. The Nile Rogers connection. Yeah, there. yeah, 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 yeah. There's a whole line. Yeah. And then, but he's also a Chuck Berry uh, fan with the school days. Stop. Uh, Chuck Berry's great. Yes. And, um, he's also a beat. Dude, this kid has got the, He's either got great taste or he's got shitty taste. <laughs> you know, whatever. He he he, he likes um, next Drake. Um, he'll also listen. And so, and the hard thing is, uh, now I was going to suggest this for Harper. Get her a little uh, kind of Google Mini so she can go in a room and say, "Hey, play Muddy Waters or whatever." Oh yeah, she's got a she got a little Echo. She can go ask for music anytime she wants. Yep. Um, she asks for and, shitty music though, so I have to stop it. Because yeah. she'll go in there and be like, oh, I want whatever the cowboy song is. Roll yeah. On, um, yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not. I, I bought this for you to listen to good music. Huey yeah. listens to the news. And she's like, yes. That's also bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and so, 
but like you know Kern is a big Rush fan. Oh, um, dude, Neil. Let me show you this. Show show me, folks. This is what you're gonna. This is the. <laughs> so last year, it's a couple. Of, by the way, folks, it's a couple of dads nerding out. So just yeah, calm down. Right. Let us nerd out. Calm down. So this is uh, Getty Lee, bassist from Rush. His. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is, is you know, Getty Lee's book of bass. Book of bass. Wow. So Kurt and I went to book people a year ago. Got line. This this is a hundred. Look look at this. This is a huge book. This probably weighs nine pounds. Got to meet. I was, gonna, I was literally going to say ten pounds. No lie. Got to meet Getty Lee. Stop. And he signed it. For Curran? To Curran and Scott Getty Lee. Damn it. So, book was a hundred bucks. I mean, out of the memory and the thing with with Curran with your kid that moment. So here's the thing. Kind of a picture too. So here's my question for you, as balance goes. Mm. You have a young man in your life who, who is embracing and running down the road of music with you, right? Oh. So you guys get to spend time together. You're playing the guitar with him. You're introducing him to music and he's liking it, loving it, which by the way, I want to introduce um, this group out of uh, France called Scarecrow. Okay. Scarecrow. I think Kern would like them. So they don't speak English but they're Louisiana blues. So they sing the blues like Muddy Waters, but the guy can't speak English, but he sings the blues like Muddy Waters. Okay. Um, and then he's got a guy on the bass line, a blues bass line, starts rapping in French. Really? So it is this beautiful mix of music. Um, they're very, the fact that you hear him sing in English, but he can't speak English. And I spent, a week with this guy in Austin. Amazing, amazing talent. I'll, uh, I think I, I'll, I'll, pull, I'll pull the video, I'll text it to you, I'll share it with you so yep. you can kind of check it out. Beautiful bass lines. I mean, the reason I thought about Current is because of the bass line, right? I mean, the deep bass line yep. that, that just kind of draws you in. That's not, that's not subtle and not, not um, a, a background to anything else. It's beautiful. But that's a side note. The, the question is, is you've got a, a, a son who, um, who's really like just you you found your groove in in you know and, and I'm foreshadowing the fact that I know but in cooking and in and in music where you guys are bonding mm-hmm. how do you make sure that that bond with your son is not a bond missed with your daughter I mean especially cuz she's a girl and she's in high school I mean shit <laughs> All right so Asking Great for me question. or maybe friends. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's okay, so. You know, they say you know if you you've got two kids. Yeah. Uh, at least I have two kids, and you you love them both the same, but it's different. Sure. Um, so there's going to be things where, you know, Abby is starting to get into vinyl, um, and so I've said, hey, whatever I have that you want to listen to, you know, it's have at it. Um, and so, you know, we'll go to Waterloo from time to time and go pick up records and, and, um, and, you know, she's really into Harry Styles right now. And so I said, Hey, I'm totally open. Might not listen to that. And his last record is, it's good. I like it. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and, um, so much so, cause we bought our tickets to, to go see him on his tour, which is supposed to be here in a 
two weeks. They got pushed back to the same time next year. Um, but I'd love to go. I mean, the guy's really creative. He writes his own shit. He plays his own instruments. Uh, um, and so with that, Abby and I can, can connect. And you know, she's, you know, she's letting me help her decorate her room a little bit because she's getting more independent when it comes to that. And so where I can help out, like, you know, drill a hole and hang this, whatever, that lets me kind of into her, into who, into her world too. Um, so, so the, the, the effort on my side is not, it's not different between her and Kern, but the reception from her and Kern is different. Sure. It's like, how much, how much will they let me in? And so with Curran, guys, you know Curran. I mean, he's obviously, you know, he cut from a different cloth. Um, Dude, the kid's a rock star. The fact that no matter when I see him, he's like, yeah, I know who you are and gives me a high five. Yeah. warms my heart every time because there's no bullshit with that kid. True. There's none. He's who he is, and he likes what he likes, and he wants to spend time with who he wants to spend time with. Yeah, and the fact that I've got a little, I got, I got a, 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 a hair sliver in his mind that he remembers me, and he's just like, "That's a yeah. no, no, that's the guy. I like him. High five, yes." And then he's, he's a great kid. And Abby, to this day, is still talked about in this house. From that's the awesome. way, I mean, Curran is obviously as well with what with our daughter, but um, that's because my daughter has a crush on Curran, I believe. When she's like, tries to, she's like, I just want to sit next to Kern. You think you'll let me sit next to him? Can we, can Kern and I just watch a movie if we go over there? I'm like, Jesus, Harper, you're going to be seven. Let's pump the brakes. But then Abby is talked to in reverence in this house to my daughter. She's like, you know, she gave me my first puppy. It was a little purple puppy and I still have it. She still has it. She still has it and still remembers that. Oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to go to a podcast with Scott. She goes, you mean Abby's dad? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Abby, last time she was here, showed me some dance moves that it would make gymnastics better. Abby does this, you know, Abby. And I mean, the, and I bring all that up because I want listeners to know, and I want people to know very importantly, which I can see in your face, kids carry on your legacy in some capacity and how they're spoken about yeah. And, and, and how other people want to be around them or not be around them or, oh, I can bring my kid to this group, but not this group, right? Uh, they, they carry on who you are. And um, for the parents listening out there, um, it, 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 it's very important to understand is that what Scott is saying, but also what you and Alicia have done in, in how you've raised your kids is that they're not many yous. There are many adults yeah. who are going to grow up into their own adults. And you are in a very unique way fueling them where they, you know, and I don't know Alicia's past in any way, shape or form, but from the outside looking in and knowing you and spending time with you and drinking with you and talking yeah. about baseball and everything else, they're not going in the direction that you went. Neither one of them are. Mm. And yet these are both kids that when you grab them and talk to them, celebrate you and Alicia, and are like, oh, my dad, this is amazing, and da, 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 da. Celebrate you guys, and at the same time, honor the household that you've created when they go into other people's homes 
and they're just awesome. And I think, that, and, I'll, and I'll tell you what, I'll tie that back to the movie in the fact that, you know what, the wins and the losses of this movie come down to look at the home life and look at what the parents worship and look at what they go after. And if Caddyshack subtly made fun of anything, it was that it made fun of wealth and attribution yeah. versus honor and success behind the doors before success out of the doors. And it also celebrated the person that didn't, that had the wealth but didn't give a shit about it. Yes, which was great, right? I mean, if, if, if zero fucks could have been attributed as a hashtag back in the day, <laughs> it would have started at Caddyshack. So I derailed your music. I apologize, but you know, I just... not, not, not at all. I mean, um, you know, I think it's it's. Um, you, know, you you mentioned um, a moment ago about <clears throat> more or less kind of how your kids act when they're in other people's houses. Yeah. And so when you when you pick up your kid from a sleepover and they say, "Oh gosh, Abby was so wonderful," or Harper was which is so great, so sweet. It's like, "Oh, thank you so much." Why the fuck can't you be that way at home? <laughs> uh, it's kind of like we we we've trained you well in 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 how you out how you act outside the home, but just be that way inside. And um, you know, because what we have always heard from Abby's teachers is that oh my gosh, she's still she's she's so sweet, whatever. You know, she does everything we ask her to do. It's like Abby, do that shit at home. And at home, it's just like fight, 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 fight. But it's also she's good. She's got a you know very uh, strong personality, very independent, and um, you know, she wants to be the boss and all that. And, and but that's that's all about raising kids. And, and you know I am by no means an expert at all. I'm learning as I go. And, and I've not read one fucking book about how to be a dad. I probably should. Yeah. Um, don't don't ruin but, it now. Great <laughs> kids. I, I would say here's here's my one bit of parenting advice that I give to everyone as a parent who hasn't been a parent as long as you have. Here's my one piece of advice. Whatever it's worth. This is your relationship with, with Kern and with Abby. That's the only yeah. relationship they'll never choose. <laughs> yeah, they don't have it yet. Or with they, they, can't, they can't choose it, right? So, if they, so then it breaks down to what you've done well with and Alicia's done well with and, and, and everyone, you know, I believe we've done well with Harper is like, all right, how am I doing as a parent? What's going on? How can I adapt to your personality a little bit to not try to force you into my personality mold? Yeah. I mean, the one thing you can see when you walk into your home is there's four personalities, five if you count the dog, right? There's five personalities, five. That is so inviting and awesome versus the Stepford wife analogy of yeah. there's one personality and dad leads it and everyone follows. Yeah. You have five Think about this. You yes, and your yeah. wife, you and your wife manage. We've, we've got uh, Brian the cat and Bob the cat. Oh, Jesus Christ. You have cats too? Brian's pretty chill. Bob, Bob's new. Um, he was Abby's 15th birthday present. Um, and Bob is, Bob doesn't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> I've only met the dog. Oh, yeah. Met... Izzy's great. Izzy's great. Uh, but yeah, we got Brian. So, yeah. Brian's real name is Minerva McGonagall, and I'm not a Harry Potter fan, so I just started calling her Brian because I like Family Guy. Uh huh. And then Bob came a couple months ago, and 
It was either Bob or Uncle Rico. I liked Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico's a great name for a cat. I, I agree, but uh, Abby's a big Bob's Burgers fan. Okay. So, Still, so, I love I, it though. Once again, personalities, managing personalities and, and insights and in people. Where do you? Sorry, how, how, end here. What, what I know. We well, no, we're we're fine. We're just going. We're going to cruise along. I'll let everyone know when it ends. But um, I have a couple questions for you. One of my favorite stories that your wife has shared over some glasses of wine with with. Uh, uh, us as a family's families kind of hanging out is um, I believe you're in the Bay Area and maybe Abby was just born okay. and it was cold and the way the heater worked it didn't couldn't heat the whole I think you were still playing baseball if I'm not mistaken were you still playing baseball when Abby was born or were you just getting into your professional uh, career yeah I I stopped playing uh, probably two, three years before that. Three years before that. So then you're in your professional career, and um, you're in this you're in this little small like I think one and a half bedroom, two bedroom place in the Bay Area. Yeah. And the heater was kind of working, but the Bay Area gets cold. Like people think California is like seventy degree weather. Yeah, that shit's legit for L.A. South, maybe even Santa Barbara South. But you get north and it gets cold no matter what. True. Yeah. And I bring this up because one, the struggle never ends. It just changes, right? And then two, you guys have this environment and this love and this home. And the way Alicia told the story made it, it was just like four long love story of this time <laughs> Of like, yeah, we were cold and we didn't want the baby to be cold. So the heater was angled this way. But yeah. we were there in this room, in this place. And even though two feet meant 20 degree changes in direction, I'm being hyperbole, obviously. But we were there. We were together. How do you, because you've managed this, you know, in different ways. How do you look back? in your professional business career, not baseball career, your business yeah. career and go, and you're, you're marking your growth. How do you look back and go, man, how do we make it? Or shit, I can't believe my wife celebrates this moment when we should have celebrated this moment. Um, well, I, I, I think, so there, there are people that, and, and I'm not sure if you guys are, are, are of this ilk or not. And I don't know if the word ilk has been used on your podcast. I'm going to say <laughs> it's used now, my friend. It's used now. <laughs> ilk, hashtag. Um, so I, I don't know if, you know, how many couples have, like, we, th these are our goals and things like that. And this is what we're going to do in the next couple of years or whatever. Um, you know, Alicia and I have not done it. We've been more kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Like we save here, we save there, roll the dice and holy shit, hope it wins. Is that right? Maybe not, maybe so, I don't know. Um, but as far as kind of like marking milestones, I think, you know, going back to the, to the enjoy the ride comment or, or enjoy the process comment, yeah. 
you know, I think one of the things that we could do is sit back and just kind of say, holy shit, this happened. <laughs> and look at your house now and think about that story. Yeah. And it's like, you know, what, what did we do? The, the, the difference now, Jay, is that that house is worth close to double what our house now is worth. Yeah. No shit. But, but. It doesn't have a pool. No, and it doesn't have the good school, and it doesn't have the road trips, and it doesn't yeah. have the um, the engagement. Tahoe nearby. Yeah, it does. I mean, where's the food? Where is one of? I mean, dude, because I've bumped into him five times there at least. <clears throat> I've texted you almost every time I've bumped into him, dude. Where's the Torchy's tacos for Curran? there yeah yeah you're right bro you don't want to no, uh, listen help. i see him and he's like my taco hasn't come yet how are you what's up everyone <laughs> say hi great hey my taco's going to be here soon i'm like bro her taco's going to be here soon we are on the same page it's delicious food i'm not trying to interrupt your meal i just want to say yeah. hi and your your nanny is just like who is this stranger he goes that's mr jason yeah he's my dad's friend yeah i like to say hi to him and i'm like hold on I want to catch that again real quick. Um, the uh, other couple of things, the movies ended obviously, uh, but a, a couple of things you love to cook. Yep. You cook with the fam. Um, you are I, as great I, as your I cooking have, is. What's that? I'm going to make, I'm going to make you something. Um, okay. So I, I, I experimented with this weekend. I made my own um, um, adobe chili powder. Ooh. Grew the jalapenos myself, smoked them myself, dehydrated dehydrated them myself, ground them myself, and they're really fucking good. I'm in. So, I'm a, you know I love the hot stuff, so I'm a yeah. thousand percent in. So I've got that, and I got the same thing for habaneros. Ooh, I want both. I'm oh, greedy. Man. I'm a greedy person. I want both. I'll drop by gluten free cookies for Curran and whatever Abby wants. I made some bites. With yeah. cinnamon rolls, I made a croissant dough, and I made it a cinnamon roll croissant dough, and I made bourbon pecan cinnamon roll croissant dough bites. So imagine the bourbon pecan mixture inside a croissant that you could pick up and yeah. take a bite of. A little drizzle of booze. I, I take actually an air mister and it is with the with with, with a little oh, with a little nine nine blended booze and a little bit of butter. Nice. <sighs> Ta dancing on top, but on. But real quick, before you get down the, the road, yeah, you make on the holidays, and I'm assuming only the holidays, you make an amazing cocktail that has been passed down oh, from no. generation to generation. I don't want you to give away the recipe in any way, but what I want For you babies. to do is instead, because you and your wife for Christmas, you have this party, the, the amount of food. The diversity of food is amazing. So instead, I would like you to give people some insight. What makes a great holiday party when it comes to cocktails and food? Is this a uh, is this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Let's go Christmas Eve, and let's make sure that we're going to have some leftovers for Christmas Day, cocktails and food both. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Well, buddy. So the key out there is that we we go. Uh, black and white Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. 
Christmas okay. Day is our milk punch. And that, 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 that menu and cocktail recipe is a stark contrast to what has happened. All right, well, the, tell us Christmas Day then. Then let's go Christmas Day because I love to wake up. Oh, by the way, real quick, sorry to interrupt, but I made, I made a yeah. concoction that I want to try. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing a cold brew coffee. And then on the side, I did a root beer, whiskey, Kahlua ice cube that I'm going to blend up Ooh. almost like a frappe, like a boozy frappe. Okay. So I'm going to do a boozy frappe with that and try it. Maybe a little bit of chocolate in there, maybe a little bit of chocolate. But back to your thing, Christmas Day, because that the, the cocktail you make, but also just the spread you have. You've, you've got this inviting spread that whether I drink beer or booze or champagne or wine, yeah. every food seems to be applicable for what I'm popping in my mouth when it comes to booze. All right, so we, we've done a couple of different things. So <clears throat> can you hear me okay? Am I yeah, yeah, through? no, I'm good. Yeah, we're right. good. Okay. So we, we've got a, and I, I'll, I'll call this the glorious Christmas of 2021. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> so we will start off with what we call a milk punch. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's glorious. A, it is glorious. It is, it is baby making. I have proof. There's a young man who's nine years old that would not exist outside of this recipe. Um, click below to get the, uh, to get the recipe. Um, so we'll do that. That makes every present better. If you get a pair of socks and you're drinking milk punch, holy shit, this is Nike. This is the greatest socks you've ever had. Second, at least, and this is Alicia's idea, we are going to have a BLT bar. <gasps> and so the family comes into town. We will make five to six pounds of bacon. And we stack it up. And you know I'm just coming. You know I'm coming over now. I, invite or not. Be damned. I'm coming over. You're here. Bring everybody over. So we make a shit ton of bacon. And Alicia will get the best bread. And we've got your bib lettuce. And we've got you know, thin sliced tomato and um, avocado. And so it's it's a, the, the, the folks that come are um, late, generally ladies. And so they want to have you know, not too much food. Uh, a blat is perfect for that. Sure. We'll also have uh, Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys are made. So what I'll do is I'll make salsa out of um, just a homemade salsa, you know, run of the mill, tomato, avocado, or uh, tomato, um, onion, and um, um, a little bit of garlic, um, jalapeno, whatever. And so I make that. I pitch the, the, the salsa part, and then you have the juice left. Sure. And that is the best best, best Bloody Mary ever. So you make that with your Worcestershire and your pepper and your bacon slice in there, cheese cubes or whatever. That's incredible. Um, and then we also do the over-the-top mushroom quiche. That's a Thomas yep. Kelton recipe. Um, and that you have to make that the night before. Um, it's even better to make the night before, but we cook that up. So you get some fat in there. Um, but you also have your lightness with your black and lots of alcohol and it's awesome. And then everybody takes a nap from about 11 to four. Okay. And then um, everyone wakes up ready to drink champagne. Nice. 
Last question for you uh, as we're getting, uh, you know, to uh, close to 10 p.m. here. Uh, we're wrapping up. Um, actually, I got two, two, two questions for you. One, how, uh, what's your, uh, for lack of a, a better term, your love story, what's your, what's, your, what's your favorite I love you moment to your wife? What do you, what do you have like when you think about, damn, I impressed my wife. Like, oh, I did a good job. What, what comes to mind? Not what I, comes to mind for her, because it's going to be different. She's going to be like, he cleaned yeah. the pool on a Saturday, and then all of Ali, Abby's friends came over, and it was amazing. And that's why, and, and you uh, look back and go, this is my moment where I was like, fuck, I shined. Um, may that be favorite or most recent? Okay. Can, 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 I, sure. can I pop that in? Yeah. Um, so I have a, a Weber girl that I bought right before Abby was born. And I retired it last month. Um, I've had food off that Weber grill. Delicious. You have. Delicious. You have. Yes, I have, sir. And, and since you've seen it, it has been, the holes have been patched with, um, with uh, uh, license plates. <laughs> amazing. And I repainted it white and everything. It was amazing. It worked for a year. It's like, okay, enough is enough. And so we said, okay, I got a new one. I get another one. And um, Lisa said, well, can we turn it into a planner? I'm like, okay, this is what we need to do. She said, okay. I said, you want me to do it? She said, if you wouldn't mind. So did the whole thing this past weekend, painted it, all that type of stuff. And now it's on the deck with the plumbago coming at the top. And she's happy and proud because she, A, it was her idea that she's on Pinterest and B, she didn't have to do anything. I like and it. I got kudos for it. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Final, this is very gratuitous for me. Uh, you have, um, you went, you know, you, you were, uh, a recruited young man, uh, playing yeah. baseball. You went to USC, you did the, you did the baseball story. You traveled all over, uh, literally, I mean, parts of the world. You went, you experienced life cultures. You, you've talked to people all over the world. Let's rank it. How's this interview go compared to the other interviews you've done? And more importantly, the other stuff that you prepare and do professionally that's way better than this. <laughs> Where am I, uh, I ranking? Say, am I in the top thousand? Top yeah, hundred? I would say you're fifth. Fifth? Yes. Yes. Fifth. Uh, I got interview, interviewed by the Calgary Times. Nice. Uh, I was on, uh, I think, uh, CBS TV for a cooking club I was in about. 12 years ago. Mm. Let's go with third. I'll go, I, listen, I'll take third and I'll throw out one more question after third because I'm so excited. What's the next thing you and Kern are going to make together? What you got on, what you got on the hot list? What do you got what, that what, people are going to see on Instagram uh, and be like, I'm going to make this with my kid? Something with habaneros. He's into hot stuff. He doesn't want to eat it, but um, He's, uh, he's, he's excited about ghost peppers and shit like that. So the Carolina Reapers that you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So tell me about that. Can, oh, can you want to a second? Dude, let's, so Carolina Reapers. Here's, here's, my, here's my game for Carolina Reapers. There, there's the introductory run that I love, that I did with ghost peppers that I love, that I think you should do, which is one. Uh, so you take the Reapers, put them in the oven. You got to actually you gotta go, do it on the grill, outside okay. on the grill. Okay. Uh, just 10 minutes on a, on a sheet pan, right? Get them cooking. 
do it on the grill outside. So Kern, you, you, Abby, the wife, don't get, you know, yeah. it gets hot, right? It gets hot like a, like a, like a, um, like the way a pepper is sprayed in your face gets hot. You have yes. to do it open air and have, yep. and arguably have a fan blowing it away from you. Okay. Got that. All right. Take those out, cut them up. Double broiler. So bottom water boiling, a little, uh, little tin, uh, you know, whatever, a little, little metal uh, bowl on top. Yeah. Pour honey in there. Ooh. Cut up those, cut up a couple of peppers and put them in the honey. Let that slowly, don't boil it, right? But it gets to the point where, where honey becomes very liquid, almost like water. Yeah. You're, con you're stirring every five minutes. You do that for until the water runs out, which is about an hour and a half on a medium, medium low. Okay. Then take your grater, go through there, put that into cheesecloth, tie a knot, and Jesus. drop that into a bigger container that would hold honey, and then pour the honey in there. Now, what this does is the first time you're going to have this sweet and spicy honey, which is great if you make a homemade pizza. Like I have it with ghost peppers right now, and I drizzle it on a fresh dough crust. Okay. And so what I get is, is I get this beautiful garlic, oregano, basil crust with this hint of sweet and this blast of spice. But then I've got the sweetness of marinara on top. And then I add pepperoni and sausage. So then I've got the saltiness. And then I add some really legit fresh-made mozzarella. Ooh. But the key is, is you cook the crust first for like three minutes at 450. Yeah. So it brings out the heat and it brings out the, the sugars of, and emulsifies the sugars of, uh, in the, the bread of the honey. Then you pull it out, add the sauce real quick, add the meat, throw that, that fresh cheese on, put it back in. Now when you're biting in, imagine the rich creaminess of cheese that ag aggressive saltiness that the cured meats of pepperoni and sausage, the yeah. crunch of the crust, oregano, basil, and then bam, a little hint of sweet, and then a pop of spicy. Now you can do that on, on English muffins, anything else. What I'm experimenting with with ghost peppers is, is or not ghost peppers, Carolina Reapers, is I want to figure out how to blend it with cheese better. So that I get that, because ghost peppers have a smokiness. Carolina Reapers have this vinegar acidity to them, which is beautiful. It really is really, really nice. And so I want to balance the two out with the, the creme of cheese. Uh, they're, they're too strong to mix with a, with a sour cream without curdling it more, making almost a cottage yeah. cheese. So you got to do almost like a, a almost, a, yeah, you got you to gotta mix with the fat. So you got to. I want to go like a, a creamier side or I want to go into a bread side with the reaper peppers because I want the balance. I want to figure out a way to balance the heat and the boldness. I mean, hot ones, which is what kind of turned me on to all of this is this great show. I love on YouTube, right? It's hilarious. So ghost peppers turned me onto that. And I've got this smoky, beautiful, smoky, spicy honey with dehydrated ghost peppers. So I rehydrate them, I cut them up, three, yeah. and I do the same honey thing, and I put them in. And I just, you know, you gotta have it enough so you, because that weight, right, it's gonna float to the top because it's not as heavy as honey. So the honey's gonna go to the bottom with the sugars, and those yeah. light pepper flakes are in the front. So you gotta have a little stick, you stir it up, you pour it out, and whatever you're gonna do, or baste it out, whatever you wanna do, 
it's a game changer. It's a game. Habaneros have the same smokiness that, uh, that ghost peppers do. So you want to put them in the oven at like 150 or outside on the grill at 150, 225 yeah. for 20 minutes with a little drizzle of oil and really get those. Because remember, the skin is not hot. Those seeds inside yeah. that oil, that's the hot thing, right? So you want them to pop yeah. inside a little bit, cut them up, put them in whatever you're going to do, mix it, and then slow cook it again. And the reason the slow cook part is important is because it allows the other flavors to blend with the heat. If you just throw it in, like if you just take a ghost pepper or, or a Carolina Reaper or even a jalapeno or habanero and you yeah. cut it up raw, throw it on a skillet for three minutes, let those seeds pop and dump it into some queso, it's dumb. You just, you yeah. just I mean, it's, it's, it's too hot because you haven't allowed flavors. I, I, I bring it all back to chocolate chip cookies. You want to make great chocolate chip cookies? The first thing you do is you buy great chocolate chips. Ghirardelli, not Nestle. Spend the extra buck. Make your dough. Mix in your chocolate chips. Make sure you've got the salt in there. Make sure you've got the baking powder in there. Yeah. Leave it for 24 hours. People forget chocolate is an oil from a seed. Yeah. It's manufactured. You're right into a little dollop, into a cute little bite-sized thing. Let that oil extract into the dough. Let, the, let the, the salt grab on to that oil and really manipulate that dough. Then with your hands, don't overmix it, but with your hands, like move the dough around 24 hours later, not aggressively, like 12 times, just move it in big clumps, just move it around okay. and then make your chocolate chip cookies. And you want to see an award-winning chocolate chip cookie? There it is. Science of Liberty, I'm yours. But it's about patience. And whether it's spice or whether it's chocolate, oils are the baseline. And oil takes preparation because oil has yeah. to matriculate into everything. And to matriculate yep. into everything takes time and patience. And to do that means okay, I've smoked this, I've done this, I've dehydrated this, I've brought this back to life, everything else, great. Where's your two hours, three hours of slowly turning it? And then where's your one day of not touching it? And then when do you mix them together again? And that patience, that th the same thing you do to grow a plant to make a lawn work yeah. is the same thing of adding spice or, or for desserts, adding chocolates, or, or a berry or anything else to something. And then just, you don't just throw it in the oven. You can, I mean, Nestle would like you to just do like, make the dough, throw it in the oven. Yeah. Guess what? They're also, they're doubling up the vanilla. I cut my vanilla in half. I take the little capsule of the top. I pour that in, of the vanilla in there and I drop it in there. That's way less than anyone else does vanilla, but I make it sit overnight and I make it sit with good chocolate. And that oil, that whole experience, that blending, hot can be great. Really, really hot shit can be really, really great if you let it marinate, if you let it actually be a part of what you're at. I mean, you got to remember, if you're not letting it be a part of it, then it's an add-on. So you've got the hottest pepper in the world as an add-on to chicken. Yeah. Well, who's going to win? Yeah. No one wants that. No one wants it. It, no one wants it. But you do the right queso and you slow make it, 
really slow make it and do a not a Velveeta, but a real queso with milk and mustard seed and everything else, right? You do a real queso. You let that sit for it's 10 hours. And you put, some, you put some Carolina Reaper in there and just maybe one or a half of one. You're going to win, bro. You're going to win. Do you like ice cream? I love ice cream. But, I, but so I, don't, I don't have it in the house because I have an addictive quality towards things that are delicious. And that makes me super fat. So... Like when you see my videos where you like, where so you like, where you type in gross because I'm just wringing out a sweatshirt. That means I had too much ice cream or beer the night before. <laughs> so I made uh, two, three weeks ago, habanero ice cream. Mm. Dude, how was it? It sounds delicious. Fucking insane. It's awesome. It's so good. It is so good. Do you do a vanilla base, a chocolate base, or just a plain base, and then the let uh, the with the smokiness kind of come out? People are like, we turned into a cooking it's, show. It's vanilla based. <gasps> oh, so, so there is because okay, so the smoky some, vanilla is so good. So I got goosebumps, dude. Tell so me we, more. Talk to me. So, so Alicia served it with uh, just chocolate cake. Okay. Uh, so there is, I, I came upon this recently. There's a website called uh, The Food in My Beard. Okay, I'm in. And um, it is, it's, take a look at his, at his website. You, you, will, you will respect and appreciate it very quickly. Um, the guy does gluten-free, you know, no, uh, uh, vegan, all, all types of shit. Super cool dude. Appears to be from, from like uh, Boston. <clears throat> but... Um, but I've made, um, I think, one or two of his recipes, um, including the, the the habanero ice cream. And um, do you have an ice cream maker? No. Okay. I'll go get one, though, for habanero ice cream. How well, dare you? So I, I, made, really I made probably a quart of it. Um, and it's, you make, it's with molasses, or, yeah, yeah, molasses and um, I can't remember all the ingredients, but... Um, it takes about a day to make whatever. I'll make you some. I'm gonna so I'm gonna bring you over. I'm gonna um, have to wait for them to grow, but I'm, I'm gonna I'll make you some um, so adobo chili powder, like legit. Yeah, I'm gonna make you some ice cream too. Oh, I am a thousand. So here's mm -hmm. my tip to you. And by the way, I would love to do this because um, I've already got the yes for it. So I'm not speaking out of out of tune. <laughs> Uh, I interviewed the chef, Chef Joe Gatto. He does everything from scratch. Oh, wow. Okay. He's on Pluto TV, Chef Joe Gatto. I'll, I'll shoot you the links. Um, but Pluto TV is free. And it's called From Scratch. Now, when, I'm, when I'm talking from scratch, Scott, I mean, I'm talking like he made his own knives first so he could do this cooking show. Jesus. From okay. scratch. However, what I would like to do because Curran loves cooking, I'd like to hook up a FaceTime video with him and Curran to make something. That'd be awesome. Is that cool? I love that, dude. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, Abby, too. Abby's starting to get into cooking, too. Okay. Well, then we'll do... Listen, dude, I'll get Chef Joe. We'll do it, man. He did a homemade pizza, but he went extreme. He's like, oh, I want to do a beer pizza, pizza crust. So he made his own beer first. So he went out and like got his own hops and barley's made his own. I mean like everything from scratch. Now, obviously he can, you know, tone it down a little bit with kids and, and having some fun. Yeah. 
but I'll reach out to uh, uh, Chef Joe and I are, we've become fast friends uh, doing this. He's out of, um, out of, uh, where is he out of Rhode Island? I want to say Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. I mean, homeboy just makes anything like, Hey, we've got two kids. Uh, you know, let's do a little simple, but from scratch, please. Like, let's have some fun and videotape it. Dude, I'll get it FaceTime. Done. Done, done, done. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But, I'd love that. Yeah. Okay. We'll make that happen. We will All make right, that. Chef Joe's like, well, Jay, I'm like, no, you already said you would hook me up. So there's my hookup. I already got it taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tag him be like, remember when you said, he's like, nope. I'm like, well, we did the Jason. I'm like, here you go. And this is Scott. And now we're going to do a email intro. And then you and Kern yeah. are going to cook something cool and fun and bring Abby in and do it on FaceTime. He is a celebrity chef. He's got a couple TV shows. Uh, he's got a, a, a restaurant or two. And then he also does high-end cooking for, um, you know, for people and there's travels okay. around and just does it. So. All right. I'll get to, um, I'll look him up and I'll, I'll get current kind of jazz about him. Yeah. I mean, check him out on Pluto TV. Cause dude, when he's making pizzas, he's like, Oh, I got to cut this pepperoni. Let me go make my knife. <laughs> or when he does hamburgers and hot dogs. Yeah. And he makes his own hot dogs. That's fucking badass. I mean, dude, he's like, I'm going to make my, not going to make my own bun, make my own mustard, make my own ketchup, make my own this. I'm going to make my own hot dog. And then he has the balls be like, and there's no one out there who's the hot dog expert. So <laughs> I had to figure it out myself. And I failed 20 times making hot dogs. How do you know if you fail 20 times? I mean, you do you cook. Because you like you bite in and you're just like, that's not a taste of a hot dog. God damn. Who has that time, dude? What is let's 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 close out with this. All right. 10 10. 10 10. No, no, you can stay on forever, but I'm trying to be respectful of your job and your life. Best place baseball, you've had a hot dog. Either I, you know, where where's the best was that? Anchorage, Alaska. No, I mean, seriously, though, where's the best place? Seriously, <laughs> Anchorage, Alaska. I'm serious. Are you just made with baby seals and polar bears? No, no it was, uh, <laughs> God, how do I know this? <laughs> so in uh, 94, I played it in uh, the Alaskan baseball um, summer league. And um, I got, uh, we're leaving to go to Keenan, I think it was. And I got uh, two hot dogs with some, my first time was sauerkraut and spicy mustard. Oh. Fucking amazing. Dude. Yeah. So Anchorage, Alaska. Anchorage, Alaska. I'm going to get nah, 500 emails that go, you know, you asked him the last question four times. I'm like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the movies ended and you guys didn't talk about golf once because he played baseball. Yep. Yeah. Also accurate, folks. Also, also accurate. Scott. You're busy. I, you know, um, I, I, I say this and I, I do mean this. I say this a lot to uh, people and I, I mean it. We will, um, you're going to pitch. There's going to be hits and misses. Yep. Uh, we're going to make great food and it's going to be eaten and not eaten. We're going to buy that avocado and shit. Every time we go to get it, it's going to be not ripe. Yep. We can always go buy a new one. We can always go uh, throw a new pitch. We can always uh, go um, make more food. Definitely. Time is the one thing we never get back. 
it is always an honor and a pleasure to uh, spend time with people because it's the one thing they don't get back. So my friend, uh, my former neighbor, uh, someone who I have had immense amounts of pleasure having beer with and uh, just spending time with it and, and just talking about ancillary bullshit on your back porch and in dirty bills and on anywhere else. I, I appreciate you, man. I really do. I, I don't, I don't make light of, of, of how good of a father you are, how good of a husband you are. I don't because I see it in your kids. Um, I see it in, uh, in the way your wife celebrates you and in, 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 in how she really does in the room, whether you're in there or not, you bring up Scott, she lights up. That means that's a lot, man. That is that that's something special. And that's, that's not something you can buy at a store and that's not something you can look up. That's something that's effort and work. And, 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 um, in this world, in this time, when we couldn't be on my back patio here having fun, uh, thanks for doing this. Um, thanks, Jim. I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Catch up too. Yeah. Great way to catch up. And we'll, uh, We'll do it in a better way, you know, when all this clears up and we can, um, you know, spend some time together and have some fun. So with that said, my friend, now comes the highlight of the podcast for some. Others warn me that my daughter will sue me later in life, and that is okay because this podcast doesn't make any money. So sue away, kid. But now she sings about the first time she took a poop by herself. So with that, Scott, this is our, this is, this is our, this is our song song. <laughs> in all of the in all the accolades and all of the glory and all of the love and all of the sharing, it comes down to my daughter singing about the time she took a shit by herself. As parents, we go, well, yeah, it is what it is. My friend, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I wish you and uh, the fam the best. I'm gonna give us Chef Joe Gatto. We are gonna um, you are gonna get that current and Abby excited about, we're gonna have, well, you guys, I wanna, I wanna hear about it afterwards. I wanna have a little FaceTime cooking class. I'm gonna have to chime in. Sure, dude. Do a FaceTime where I get to cook with you guys, with, with Harper, we'll figure it out. All right, take care, man. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, brother, appreciate, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Be good, Cheers, we'll talk please. soon. See ya. Bye-bye. I get the food.